and welcome to another episode of Over Drinkers, the Story Screen Presents podcast where I, Mike Burge, it me, the host, talks with a friend about a movie or a couple of movies. Or in some very special episode cases, such as this one, I talk with Rhea Banerjee, superstar and uh, music legend of the 21st century. Oh, I love you. You're my biggest fan right now. Absolutely. No. And uh, uh, today we are, of course, talking about what me and Rhea almost always talk about mm-hmm. in Overdrinkers. We're talking about James Bond, 007. You've heard of him. And specifically, if you've clicked on this episode, you know what you're listening to, but we need to introduce it anyway in case you can't read. Um, we are talking about all the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Now, uh, No Time to Die has come out. There are going to be spoilers right up front as we talk about all of the Daniel Craig movies of No Time to Die. So if you haven't seen No Time to Die yet and you give a shit about stuff like that, you might want to skirt away because we're not saving No Time to Die talk until the very end. We're going to be kind of talking about each movie step by step. We're going to be bouncing around, yeah. But we're going to be, you know, things in Casino Royale, Lincoln to No Time to Die and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a real loosey-goosey kind of fun talk, as it always is when we talk about Bond. Um, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> but of course, I would be remiss if I didn't at least state up front, uh, as always on Overdrinkers, we are partaking of a themed beverage. And as always on the Bond episodes, Rhea and I are partaking of Vesper Martinis. Cheers to you, Rhea. Cheers. Cheers through the Even screen. though we're doing it over Zoom We're still, doing it over Zoom. We got, we got to be safe. Safe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum, yum. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. Good right. stuff. So. So. Daniel Craig as James Bond. A, uh, uh, I, I. Uh, the sun has set. The sun has set. Yes. Yeah, I, please. I, yeah. Um, I'm, 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 a, I'm grieving a little. I think that he is. I can't say he's the best Bond. We did a whole episode on Sean Connery. Sean Connery is the. Bond. He is the Bond Bond. He is the OG Bond. I think that Daniel Craig's interpretation of Bond, which of course is, it's him, but it's also the screenwriters, it's also the filmmakers, it's also every everybody who's gone in to make one chapter of this five chapter series. And that's, that's hang on, let me finish my first thought before I get into a second thought. Because I, oh, we're already I'm, there. I'm, I, we're already there. It's, it's me. It's me and you. This is going to happen. I think his interpretation of Bond has been extremely interesting, just, you know, in terms of the psychology of James Bond, you know, where he came from, why he became the way he is, how he ended up in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, And what I think is very unique about the Craig cycle that's what I'm going to call it because uh, I'm pretentious. Um, it's a good word for it. Right. <laughs> the Craig cycle is, I think, in the history of all of the Bonds, the only one where there is a very clear through line. There is a clear, very clear story arc from Casino Royale through No Time to Die. Um Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace was a direct sequel to Casino Royale. Skyfall stands alone a little bit. I have a lot to say about Skyfall. Skyfall mm. Skyfall is my favorite of It's one of the big ones we've never talked about. I know, and it's and it's my favorite of the five. 
And then there is Spectre, and then No Time to Die is a direct sequel to Spectre. And I think this is the first time that they've ever really done direct sequels when they've done Bond. When when the Bond machine has done Bond movies, they've all mostly been standalone projects. There's no serialization. This, the Craig cycle, there is a very clear through line of the journey that Bond goes on, starting in Casino Royale, ending in No Time to Die. And I think it's fascinating that that's, that's what ended up happening with uh, with Craig in the role. Um, and I just, I just also think he's great. I think he, I think I might've said this during the Casino Royale, uh, podcast we did, but I don't remember because we were wasted. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, I, 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 what I like about Craig's bond is that he, he has some of the, you know, we see him kind of develop the suave, you know, Roger Moore, wise, quacky, cracky uh, aspects of Bond. And we have him, you know, kind of the dashing Sean Connery version of Bond. But he's also a bit of a brute. And, uh, you know, and, and you, know, I've ta- you and I have talked about at some point doing a little deep dive into the Timothy Dalton era, uh, oh, yeah. which I'm the least familiar with in the Bond, in the Bond verse. Um, but I, my understanding is that Timothy Dalton's bond is a little brutish as well. And I think that, um, Craig's interpretation of bond is, is a lot about bond. And this is a theme in all five films about bond is a secret agent, but bond is trained to be a killing machine. He has a mission. He has a target. And he goes and he executes, you know, whereas uh, I remember when we were talking about when we were doing our Sean Connery tribute and we looked at his films and we would see all these moments where he would he would flip into disguises or he would pretend to be somebody else. And that was his way of secret agenting. And uh, Daniel Craig's Bond doesn't do anything of that. It's it's not like, uh, you know, oh, I'm an impersonator and I'm going to get in this way. He is a tool. He is a tool. He was trained by MI6 to be a tool, and that is his role. And I think that what he grapples with over the five films is what it means to be a tool and what that does to your humanity. Your soul. Yes. Yes, your soul. Um, I think this theme gets picked up very, very much in Skyfall. Um, but it is definitely, it is definitely a theme. It's an arc all the way through just, just sort of the impact of what it means to be, you know, like he's a, he's a weapon. He's a man, but he's a weapon. Um, and I just think that that, that's a very, very clever way when they did the reboot because Casino Real is technically a reboot. They brought us back to Bond's first mission. Um, you know, I thought that was a really clever way to to reinvent themselves after the Pierce Brosnan era. And um, so that's my overall feeling mm. of the Craig cycle. Uh, you, uh, feel free to contradict me or tell me I'm pompous. Uh, <laughs> no, no, honestly, I, I actually completely agree with you because we had this conversation way, way back with um, – the first uh, Bond episode that we did, I believe, was the Casino Royale episode. And we've done it a was. bunch of other ones covering, like, mainly covering big entries, but also always dabbling around and covering various other 
entries from other bonds and stuff like that. And one of the things that we discussed was how when you're rebooting bond for like the 21st century, there's a bunch of things that you have to do that most people probably didn't even think about when they make Casino Royale, but Martin Campbell and everybody involved did. And they Mm -hmm. were like, well, you can't just have him pretend to be one of the Bonds, much in the way that Pierce Brosnan was really emulating that kind of Sean Connery Bond. He was Mm. really trying to bring it back to that because that was the 90s way of nostalgia. It was do the thing that everybody already likes and just do it a teensy bit differently. Whereas now... And even back in 2005, when uh, Casino Royale came out, it's it was nostalgia just with a real big twist. Like, yeah. how can you make this just a little bit different where everybody wants to go for it? Right. And you you make the story pretty much a reinterpretation of the George Lazenby movie. Mm-hmm. And you give him mm-hmm. the sex appeal of the sex appeal and the um, brutishness of Sean Connery. You give him the sarcastic humor of Roger Moore mm-hmm. and you give him kind of like the dark seat, like the dark undertones of something bad is going on here. Timothy Dalton, you do mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the four classics. You pretty much just deny the previous entry, Pierce Brosnan, because it's so fresh in everybody's mind, you want to distance yourself from that. Yep. And that's how you do a solid Bond reboot. And the great thing is, is that as it goes through all five of these movies, that continues to be something that everybody kind of grabs onto, no matter who's directing it or doing it. Right. It's it's something there where they create a whole brand new thing that Bond can be on top of what Bond already was. One of the most special things about No Time to Die is how much, much like Skyfall and much like Casino Royale, it it takes things from previous Bond entries and pays homage and tribute to them yes. and references them yes. and winks with you, yes. but also at the same time, um, fucking just like steps on the pedal and full steams ahead into something different and exciting however similar it might be to other things that it's done so it stays inside the wheelhouse like i don't go see a i don't go to see a bond movie to be shocked by i can't believe that they went there without going <laughs> here first you know yeah, like yeah, i yeah, want yeah. to see an evil lair i want to see these things that's why casino royale is my favorite one because it really is a deconstruction all of those things you do get an evil lair mm-hmm. kind of kind of and yeah. you really do get like you know a world dominating villain kind of like it's all these very small things right right that i think really lead into quantum of solace so well and why i i'm a big defender of quantum of solace right and this is something but, that i know you yeah. and i disagree on a little bit because i i yeah. i i didn't hate quantum of solace but i did not particularly care for it either i felt mm. that casino royale set the bar so high yes and it did. then quantum of solace it was ambitious of them to say you know what fuck it this is a sequel this isn't just a yeah. Bond film. This is a sequel to Casino Royale. And I admire them for making that choice. Um, I I just didn't find it as interesting as Casino Royale. But I do I do know how you feel about Quantum of Solace. And I mm. I, I agree, you know, like when you tell me the the things that you like about Quantum of Solace, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the films in the Craig cycle, because uh, I'm going with that. Uh, <laughs> whole hog. <It's> good... <laughs> um, the ones that I anticipate that I will rewatch when I want to 
go down a Craig Bond nostalgia zone, I will watch Casino Royale. I will watch Sky. I've watched Skyfall so many times, Burge. So many mm-hmm. times. I have so, I have a lot to say about Skyfall. I think Skyfall yeah, we'll, is... We'll get there. I know, we'll get I know. There. And I actually, you know, there are things about No Time to Die that I think are very clever. Um, there are things about No Time to Die that I did not care for. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of wrapping up the story that they started with Casino Royale, I think... It was a very effective period on this yeah. story, this this Bond story. Um, if we're calling these five films the story of yeah. this James Bond. I, I think that the word perfect should not be thrown around too often in, especially in major franchises and stuff like this. Right. You shouldn't expect the new bond to be perfect because very rarely movies are. Mm -hmm. However, it is unfortunate that the bond cycle of movies produced two perfect movies. Casino Royale and Skyfall are fucking perfect movies. 100%. So it becomes this thing where quantum of solace is not a perfect movie in any way. Mm -hmm. It's loaded with flaws, flaws of which that I think are beautiful given where it's coming from in connection to casino royale and specter is is a very flawed film in the sense of where it is trying to go and what it is trying to do and it was also wrapped up in a lot of bad press right beforehand and all that stuff we'll get to that too but it's it's fun that because like taking it back a second for a, a step here to reiterate, we have never really discussed any of the other Craig movies in depth on this show other than Casino Royale. That's correct, yeah. We, we've never covered it specifically as an episode um, headliner or in one of the little one of the little episodes. We've always kind of strayed away from it because there's 40 years prior to like really kind of dig into and talk about different themes and stuff. Of course, so right. That's why it really kind of made sense uh, for us. Like, Oh, no time to die. It's the last one. And spoiler alert. It's the last one. It's the last um, one. I mean, although they could also, they could fuck around with that too, but I don't think anybody involved wants to fuck around with that. I right know, now. I know, I know. I, I I found myself wondering at the end of No Time to Die, uh, what you know. It was one of those things where we 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 went we went to the theater to watch it because I was the cinema. Yes, I was like I was in the cinema. Yes, because I was like we got to see mm-hmm. this on the big screen. Uh, no streaming for this one. Um, and when it ended, I was like, what the fuck? Are they mm-hmm. going to do now? And all of the closing, because you know how at the end of every single James Bond movie, they do the they do the thing on the screen that says James Bond will return. Of course. And they didn't do that immediately at the end of this film, and I freaked out for a second. Yeah, and no. I, I, they faded in. They, yeah, they make yeah, you wait yeah, for exactly. Because I, 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 I'm one of those people who I watch all the credits in a film, um, and that's part because you're because you're a good person that's going to heaven. Yes. <laughs> It is. It is. I, it comes from my film education. I had mm-hmm. a professor in college who said, "You should always watch all the credits because those people, you know, like I was trained to be an editor. I was an on-set PA for a while." He goes, mm-hmm. "Those people are your brothers and sisters. You don't know them. Yeah. 
but those are and your comrades in arms and you should watch and you should is, look at all their names and credits are them. the digest the, the digestive yes of yes. the movie it's bringing you down you don't want to just stand right up and go out no matter how bad you have to go to the bathroom like it's the music was specifically chosen the font the speed yes whether yes. there's whether there's title cards then a crawl yes. Or an immediate right. crawl or just title cards. Like it's all planned, it's all like planned to, exactly. to smooth you back into reality. Exactly. And then I was so relieved at the end, at the end of all those credits when it said James Bond will return. And I was like, okay, number one, thank God, because uh, what are you and I going to do without James Bond? Number one. Uh, let's let's be honest. What, like, what are we gonna? What, what's what's Amazon gonna do with that? Yeah, exactly. Bond, honestly, it's the question there. That they, uh, and then also, they just spent a lot of money on him. Exactly, They're not gonna... exactly. And then and then I, you know, and I find myself wondering, like, okay, so what are they gonna do next? Hmm. You know, who are they gonna? Uh, who, I think you that's, know, that's you know, a, but what that's a conversation for the end. That's a conversation. Yes, for let's the say end. that for the end. But like, let's get yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, All right, so we're we're tangenting. So I am gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the lasso on this real quick. Thank you. And bring it. Bring us back. Thank bring you. Us thank back. you. So okay. one of us has to do it because it's you and me, and, and we do the thing. I'm, we do and the I'm thing. I'm the host. You're the I'm host. I'm the host, so I have you to gotta, do you it. You got to so rein me whatever, in, man. You got to rein me I in. Whatever I say, you have to listen to me. Yes. Oh, um, that's also because you're a man, and we've covered this oh, before. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and yeah. it's important for I'm me. In church. It's important for me to listen to you because yeah. you are a, a, mm. a white man, and you. Uh, and I am a brown woman, and, Rhea, and you know more. You, do, you just you know more. You just you just know you more. Do, you do not need to woman of color explain to me. Okay, <laughs> I know, I know what my role is here. Okay? <laughs> I was I was born into it. I was bred within it. <laughs> oh, um, that made me laugh. So. <laughs> We have, uh, I love you very much. We have uh, talked about Casino I Royale. Too. I love you too, man. Uh, pretty much in depth. Casino Royale we covered uh, in we, one of the first co- ones. Yes, we covered it so thoroughly that we even yeah. got to the point where we were like, man, James Bond is so cool. Yep. Can I that was kind of like as deep as we would go towards the yeah, end. Towards like, the, he's really you know what, cool, You know man. what's funny is um, my dad only recently discovered that Casino Royale podcast. Mm. And he listened to it. I think you've said this before on the have podcast. I, have I? Oh, uh, on oh. some of the bonds, yeah. I, 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 it might be because he maybe he recently re-listened to it. I don't think he under. Mm. I don't think he understood what we were doing the first time he listened to it. And then I explained to him. I was like, "No, the idea is we get together, we have a lot of alcohol, and we talk about the stuff we love." Uh, and so then my dad went in, listened again, and he texts me and he goes, man, Rhea, at that, that 45 minute mark, <laughs> he's like, that's, that's, uh, he's like, I, I, I listened to it through the end because it was hilarious, but he was like, you guys weren't speaking, and you guys if, weren't speaking English. <laughs> if I remember correctly, the Casino Royale one, you came over to my house yes. to record way back in the, the normal times. Mm-hmm. And me and you both had two martinis before we started recording. Yes. Because yes. we were hanging out, catching up because we hadn't seen each other in a bit. Yes. Then we recorded for about 45 minutes drinking another martini and then we took a break to make more martinis, to smoke and make, and make more, more martinis. martinis. Yes, yes, yes. And then ended up just drinking another martini before we got on to drink another. That was, you know, we we you know we <laughs> we, we we messed up. We messed up. But you know what? But but but, but we um, but but we but we we are we still the record holder for drunkest 
drunkest uh, over drinkers? Oh, easily. That Casino Woo! Royale one, I don't think will ever be beat. Yes. Same with the GoldenEye one. The GoldenEye one, we uh, I lost the file for months. I remember. I remember. Because I couldn't remember where I saved it, and I couldn't find it, and I thought I had deleted it, and I was like, we lost it forever, that's, and I eventually found that's, it. So. That's so us. Okay. So, dear listener, if you haven't heard those, you can go back, and <laughs> that's what you're going to expect. Um, but we talked about Casino Royale a lot in that episode, but mm-hmm. I figured we'd touch on it real quick. Um, given that now we know where it all goes, that all of these Daniel Craig movies do connect, obviously, and they are kind of um, of the same piece of, you know, a deconstruction of the soul of who we think James Bond is. Yes. You know, like it... The, the country and the world, the the world spent 40 plus years with this character and all of a sudden we're kind of given this new 21st century reintroduction to him and it becomes this kind of, it becomes this, you know, 15 year kind of journey into the soul of what this guy is, this you know, this vestige of like, you know, the Cold War, a, mm-hmm. a misogynistic dinosaur, as right. Judy Dench called the the Pierce Brosnan. But right. it's it's interesting that as the times have changed as much as they have in the past 15 years, which is one crazy that it has happened in the past 15 years that some of these changes has happened. And mm-hmm. two, that it's still happening so slowly is that mm-hmm. like you're getting a character like James Bond is being presented as someone who is flawed because of these things that they do. Sean Connery and Roger Moore when they did them, what a cool guy. What a yeah. cool guy. Talk, talk to women like that and kill people, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Whereas with Daniel Craig, they present it as like this guy is fucked up and mm-hmm. because he does these things that we all used to think were cool, Ergo, he is fucked up. He is he is not good. Yeah. Is he a good person? Time will tell. Doesn't certainly seem like it, but what he's doing is immoral and unjust right. in, in, in like some arguments, but he's doing it for the right reasons, question mark. That's kind yeah. of what Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace are really talking about right. in right. the beginning there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Casino, Casino Royale, and then I'll do my Quantum of Solace bit, and I'll, we'll get it over. Yeah. With. <laughs> um, no, I, I, one hundred percent agree with you, and I, and I, I, um, again, we, we, I'm sure we said this during the Casino Royale podcast. I don't remember. I was wasted. Um, yeah. It was a, it was, it was a brilliant idea to say, you know what, we are starting from scratch. Essentially, we are going back to the beginning. This is his first mission. This is before he introduced himself as Bond, James Bond. Uh, this is before he had a signature drink. This is, uh, you know, when he was still learning how to be the killing tool that he had been recruited to do. Uh, you know, he goes crashing through a fucking wall, catching, you know, like chasing that guy doing parkour. And That's then cool. he and then he just barrels through that wall because he's a brute. He- and again, to reiterate, too. The parkour in Casino Royale is one of the coolest fucking aspects of that movie because every Bond movie always had the latest thing. Yes. In sports or something like that, that culture that everybody was doing. You got him skiing. You got him like wakeboarding. You got him bungee jumping. All this stuff. Playing video games. Playing video games. Remember? Playing video games. (laughs) Like having it be parkour. Yeah. This thing where it's just like it's a it's he's fighting against somebody who is 
nimble and quick. And he's just like, I don't need to be nimble and quick. I'm determined and I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I'm just, it's I'm... awesome. He's, he's fucking Jason Voorhees yes, in the beginning yes, of that movie, yes. chasing after yes, this guy. He's like, I'm just, I'm, I am just, you know, uh, five foot 10 and muscle. And I'm just gonna bash through this wall and fuck you. Um, he looks fucking great. He does. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things too. I, I just remember, uh, I, I, when when it was announced that Daniel Craig was taking the role, there were so many people who were like, oh, James Bond hmm. can't be blonde. Yeah, Dan- losers, Daniel, yep. Daniel mm-hmm. Craig just looks like an accountant. And I'm like, wait, is... well, yeah, because he has, you haven't seen him in the movie yet. They're going to yeah. dress him and put makeup on him and blah, blah, blah. And like, he's going to work with a professional trainer for like six months yeah, and exactly. look like a fucking, like a marbled God. Yeah, like, exactly. And also like, the huge appeal of Daniel Craig just Also, he doesn't do his duck lips that he does as Bond in like normal life. Like no. he's got his little duck he's got his little duck lips, like his little Yes, the little pout. The little pout. His little pouty like It's good stuff. His duck lips are fantastic. Very, very, very good. Yeah. And and you know, and it's it's and this again, I will restrain myself from saying more about no time to die but you know the 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 biggest appeal of daniel craig as an actor and i say this across the board in in all films that he's in is he's got this you know kind of uh, you know like weathered craggy face it's hot but he's kind of hot ugly even in the first one yeah he's kind of hot ugly you know what i mean he's not this is not pierce brosnan he's not classically handsome but he's got those Piercing blue eyes. Piercing blue eyes, yes. And it's just like... Took the, took the words right yep, out of my mouth. Yep, yep. And it's just like, and that's what brings you in to... And he's just so expressive with his... With the pouting and with the eyes. And he's just, you mm. know, he just... He's 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 great. And I'm so sad that there's no more Daniel Craig no, James Bond. it's good, man. He's he's starting to get old. We don't yeah, want to... No, I know, we, don't want, I know. we don't want some, like, a view to a kill action. We're yeah. just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on right now fair enough fair enough also i do remember after specter he was he was clearly burned out and was saying things to the press like i would rather slit my wrists than do another james bond film and i was like and uh fun thing about that is he said it before the movie came out and um well uh, people reacted to that i know that i heard that before i saw the movie and when i saw the movie i was thinking about that and i was like you know he doesn't look like he's having fun here. Right. Exactly. Um, I was which like, is not good. You want your bond to be having oh yeah, fun. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, no, that was in the back of my mind too. when I saw it and I was like, Ooh, I get where he's coming from. But Casino Royale, mm-hmm. um, remains for me, my favorite one, uh, because of its, its simplicity in how cool it is. Mm-hmm. Skyfall is an insanely close second. Uh, I'm not going to be one of those people where it's like, oh, given the day, Skyfall could be my favorite or Casino Royale could. They're both so good. They are both so good. But I think that Skyfall is a very... I don't want to say the word complex because that would be a better thing. It's, oh, it's more complex. I would say it's a more complicated affair that's going on that is less... easily for me to buy as a real world thing but because Mm -hmm. by the time we get to skyfall we've exited the real world kind of situation that daniel craig's bond had found himself in which again is 
Quantum Solace's entire job is right. to do that. Right. Um, and it does it very well. Right. <clears throat> it's so funny. Um, it's so funny that you're saying this because uh, Casino Royale and Skyfall are my two favorites of the Craig cycle, but Skyfall is my favorite. So right, that's fine. And I cannot <laughs> knock anybody for liking Sky. It's I rewatched it for this, and I'm just like, damn, that's a good fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think ultimately for me, it comes down to first off, Mads Mikkelsen. I love Javier Bardem, don't get me wrong, but I think that Mads Mikkelsen's Le Chief is just, its he's one of my favorite Bond mm-hmm. villains mm-hmm. because of how much of a lackey he is. Right, right. Like, he is the lackey character, but he's given full front and like, front and center kind of stage play for this. And right. he's like the perfect foil for Bond at the beginning. They're essentially the same fucking guy. Right. And well, it's just one is going for one thing and one is going for another. And it's this amazing yin and yang kind of situation that you have. And that's, you know, it's so interesting you say that because when I watch Skyfall, I feel the same way about Javier Bardem is, as Silva. Yes. Is, um, you know, and, and this is also how Silva presents himself to Bond in in Skyfall is... We're the same. We're aging. We bought into this idea of England, patriotism, country, M, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, you know, and, and mommy and, was very bad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, and he, and he points out that, you know, M is flawed. And what I, what I've always liked about Skyfall, I think Javier Bardem just, I mean, like, Talk about a scenery-chewing role, by the way. You can tell that Bardem is having so much fun playing this guy. You just want to jump into Skyfall. That's I all do. this is. I know, go, I know, I know. Go for it. No, 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 no. You know what? No, we can, we can jump around. Do your Skyfall thing. I will. Okay, I'll do this, and then I'll let you do Quantum Sauce, and then I'll and then I'll pick up again. Um, Whose podcast is this? What is this? What's going on here? But, oh, I'm sorry. I should. I, I should. Def- I should. I should. I forgot. I forgot my place in this. <laughs> um, no, he's, no, no, he's, please, oh, please he's, do. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he, you know, he gives that. He, he, he traps Bond on the island, and he gives him the whole speech about, you know, we're the two rats remaining, and um, you know, and he, he exactly, <laughs> and he, he's having so much fun, and he's also like of all of the Bond villains that we get in the Craig cycle, he is the campiest. He is the wildest. He is the loose cannon. He's weird. He, uh, yeah. you know, he's he's just like he's just like I'm bad because bad shit happened to me and I'm still angry and I'm holding on to that. Um, and, and there's so much of Skyfall where he is, I mean, and it's, you know, Skyfall bond is not his target. He's after M Silva has beef with M and bond is a means to an end for him to get revenge on M and the way he tries to, you know, like there's always the thing we talked about this in the Connery bonds where, the villain always sits down and inexplicably explains in gratuitous detail what his evil plan is to James Bond, either because he's very proud of himself or because he's secretly trying to get Bond to join him in the in <clears throat> Not the in Casino evil. Royale, though. Not in Casino... No, 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 you're right. Not in Casino Royale. 
<clears throat> and also but, not in Quantum Solace. Really kind of not in any of the Craig ones. Not, they they, all, just wanna, they except, all just want to fucking kill him. Except Skyfall. Skyfall, he's trying to recruit Bond. He's like, A little bit. He's like, but you, I, can, I you think, can join me and he, like hack people I think and that fuck shit up. he knows and, that he's not going to say yes. I think that he's he's more kind of testing his limits. Right. Because he understands, because he, he pulls a Joker in Skyfall. Mm-hmm. He, he, it, one of the interesting things in rewatching it this time, I was like, Javier Bardem's character, Silva, we'll call him Silva because that's his fucking name. Yeah. Silva knows that he is about to get caught. Yes. Uh, on purpose. And in that whole scene, it becomes not so much him trying to trick Bond into or convince Bond into being uh, on his side. He knows that Bond won't do that. He's studied him enough. He's got his fucking med records there. He knows exactly what it is. It becomes he's trying to get as much information out of Bond that he can't get from those records. The personal stuff as much as he can to understand what he's going to do when Silva escapes later on. Right. Because he knows, like, like, cause like, what's the plan if Bond's like, oh, actually, jolly good, mate, you know what? Let's just do this right Let's now and have a right good old roll and, and fuck yeah. and fuck M. She she ordered the shot yeah. and I got shot off the roof of that train and fuck her. You know, but he doesn't he doesn't do that because he doesn't. It is fucking mm-hmm. wild too, because it's like Javier Bardem is just like at that moment when this came out, like was like the hottest goddamn shit in the world. Mm-hmm. His star has faded just the teensiest bit since then. But, you know, it's only been like maybe what, like six or seven years mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be starring in um, the Ricardo's movie. So which, we'll see what happens which, uh, there. I'm desperately curious to see, by the way. Apparently, though, he's in this movie uh, called um, The Good Boss. That's about to come out very soon that he is apparently a sensation in where you're just like, excuse me, who the fuck is this? And he's like, my name is Javier Bardem. Didn't you know I'm an amazing actor? And you're just like, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I will put a pin in my Skyfall uh, for now. Because mm-hmm. I would like to, you you said you wanted to do your Quantum of Solace, and I would like to. I'm, I, I would, must, I must do my Quantum I, of Solace. I, and you must, and I must let you do it, because I want to hear it. Anything else on Casino Royale before we move on Um. proper? I know that we're bumping all around here. I, but I just, think the other thing to, that, to, to point out with Casino please, Royale, yeah. because it does end up being a through line through the series... Um, with the exception of Skyfall. Skyfall is an exception in a lot of ways, but if we're talking mm-hmm. Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Spectre, um, No Time to Die. Um, the, <clears throat> the impact of losing Vesper Lind uh, and the way it damaged him psychologically um, is, I think, a huge part of... A, what makes Casino Royale interesting, and B, is a, it's it carries it carries through to the other films. We meet James Bond; it's his first mission, Casino Royale. He gets entangled with Vesper. She betrays him, sort of. I mean, she betrays. It looks like she betrays him, but she it's betrays a, him. Yes, no. but it's a little more complicated than that. She betrays his trust. She betrays his trust. Um, but he never quite recovers 
from that loss. And that sadness carries over into all of the film, even Skyfall, where we don't like Vesper doesn't come up in Skyfall. But that sadness, that heaviness, that sort of weight of like, you know, who am I? I'm James Bond. Do I get to have a life? Do I get to be a person? Or am I just this killing machine Mm -hmm. for country? You know, and I think that that is the thing that Daniel Craig's James Bond struggles with through all of the films. And that weight you can see as he gets older, as he ages, as things get harder and things get, you know, his, his knees are giving him trouble and he's, you know, like just all the stuff that has to do with being an aging agent. And it's, it's like, there's all of that physical stuff that he's dealing with, but there's this huge psychological, emotional thing. You know, it's not like James Bond's going to go get therapy, you know? No. So it's like he carries, he carries his heart's his heart's broken. Yeah, like that's, and he carries, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, like that's yep, and he yeah. carries that heartbreak with him through all of the films, and um, and so that I mean that's another reason why I think Casino Royale is just so important in the history of you know Bond films as a whole. If we're looking at the entire catalog of Mm. Bond films is like, you know, we, we get into this sort of very emotional, like psychological damage that occurs to him when he loses Vesper Lind and the circumstances around him losing her and what, you know, the, the, the betrayal, but it's a complicated betrayal. Um, you know, cause it's not necessarily, you know what I mean? It's, 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 and I think that that, that serves to continue to humanize him, even though as he continues on his path in the, in the Daniel Craig cycle, it's so much about like, I'm a tool, I'm a machine. I work for country. I do a thing. I have a target. I have a mission. I'm a guy. I know how to use a gun. I know hand to hand combat. I can grab things and climb things and do all sorts of stuff. You know, uh, you know, you can do a lot. You can do a lot, but, but there's this, really really heavy heartbreak and just like psychological fuckery that he's holding on to and mm. i think that that permeates all the films and it makes it just makes him it makes him a rounder character than the bond that we have seen in anything before 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 craig became bond you know, we we see there's we see like a very very deep emotional scar. Where, whereas you know, you look at the Connery Bonds and he's you know he's he's a he's dashing and he's a brute, but he's not he's not looking to settle down with anybody. He no. he was ready to but he was the, ready to re- Craig- he was ready to retire and settle down with Vesper and just like be a dude who was married to a lady. Yeah. The, the the Craig Bonds kind of bring up that question, like, why does Bond act like that? Mm, you mm. know, like, they're like, why is Bond so just, like, against any kind of connection or anything like that? Which is an interesting question to do. It's like, it's, it's an interesting question to ask, because it's like, 
no, that's why he's cool. He likes it to sleep with the women, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just do that. And it's like, no, but like, why does he do that? Mm-hmm. Because that's not the way normal people work. Normal people have feelings and emotions. Right. And they talk to other people about them. Maybe not everybody, but at least one person. That's the way that it works. Yeah. Someone who doesn't do that, who actively has people being like, I'm in love with you. I would love to spend the rest of my life with you. And he just doesn't. It's like, mm-hmm. well, why? Yeah. You know, which... Which brings me to talking about Quantum of Solace. There we go. There we go. I got you there. All right. Let's go. Let's let's hear it. So, Quantum of Solace. Here we go. Is. Here we go. Here we the, go. It is one of the rare instances where we have a direct sequel to a Bond movie. Yep. There's no other Bond movie like it. And I don't think that there's ever going to be a Bond movie like it again. And one of the things that I think is the most special about Quantum of Sil- uh, Solace, uh, directed by Mark Forster, I should say, mm-hmm. um, released in 2008, two years after uh, Casino Royale, is that... Uh, oh my God, up, I can't believe it's up, been so long. Sorry, I just... I was just uh, no, no, it's okay. Up front, reflecting. the yeah. biggest thing is that it has the sexiest Jeffrey Wright. Oh, yeah. This is a big deal because Jeffrey Wright is in many a Bond movie. He's not in Skyfall Mm-mm. and he's not in Spectre. No. He's in No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is given like such great shit to do in Quantum of Solace in the sense of what Quantum of Solace is trying to do to the Bond franchise that Casino Royale had already done. Right. Quantum of Solace both acts as a sequelization for what this new Bond is going to be, while also redirecting so that we can do shit like Skyfall, that we can Mm -hmm. get back Mm -hmm. to Bond basics and stuff like that. And the way that it does it is instead of lightening the darkness of Casino Royale, which is a very dark film yes. thematically. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it it goes head first swan dive into the deepest, darkest parts of what Casino Royale was talking about. Oh, yeah. It is the what most I, it is yeah. the most depressing of the five. And I don't mean that dis- easily. Don't mean that disparagingly. I just mean like, you know, you I, I, I when I when I revisited them and I got to the end of Quantum of Solace, I was like, oh, Okay, I, I, yeah, need, a, I, need a a sad, I need a day or two. It's a sad, sad movie. Yeah. And what I love about it so much is, um, first off, the opening is fucking fantastic. Starting off, like, what's going on in Bonds in this car chase. It's a really cool car chase. It's got a lot of the same energy and close-up kind of shots that Casino Royale kind of made, like a Bond staple. But you're also kind of just thrown right into it media res style and you don't know what's going on mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's revealed right at the end that it's like oh this is when he grabbed mr white and this is taking place immediately after the events of casino royale so what this does is it introduces us to a bond that we already know very well but don't know how he's processed everything that happened in Casino Royale, which there was a lot to process. Not course, only was yeah. he physically 
tortured and abused and quit his job and uh, fell in love uh, seemingly for the first time and had his heart broken and lost the love of his life. We don't know how he's dealing with that. And I think one of the coolest things about Quantum of Solace is that it takes that unknowingness of the Bond character and turns it into a thematic element where we don't know how Bond is going to be able to continue doing his job. Yes. As this like weapon, this tool, and also this person who has been shown humanity for like the briefest of moments. Yes. And it 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 creates this awesome thing, which we'll talk about in the future about license to kill. Um the Timothy Dalton movie, which is very much a a revenge movie. Mm. It's all about Bond out for revenge. Mm. And Quantum of Solace mm. is a movie where he's not necessarily out for revenge, but he's using the pain and hurt from Vesper's betrayal, quote unquote, at the beginning of the movie. We find out by the end that, oh, no, wait, maybe it was a little bit more complicated than that. Right. But he's using the hurt and betrayal that he feels to fuel the tool and the weapon that he's been. I would argue that he's much more of a weapon in Quantum of Solace than he was in Casino Royale. I would agree with you, yeah. Because in Casino Royale, he's like, this is my job. I have to maintain at least a little bit of professionalism with what I'm doing, make the right call on certain things, even though they might be brash and he's still learning lessons. In Quantum of Solace, he is just someone who is out to hurt people to make himself feel better he kills the first like three or four people that he comes into contact with in fights uh without asking them questions or doing anything and that's not what james bond is supposed to do he mm-hmm. the 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 quote-unquote bond girl mm-hmm. in this movie you know uh or, or just the the uh female lead mm-hmm. is also someone who is after revenge as well yes. and it has been digging into her deeply as well. And and the main villain of the entire movie is just some fucking rich guy who thinks that he can do whatever he wants with whoever he wants whenever he wants. Right. And it is he's essentially a kind of hyper version of who Le Chief and James Bond both were in Casino Royale. Right. Someone who has taken the concept that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, whether it's because I have a license to kill or I have this huge conglomerate behind me, I can do whatever I want. And he's just taking it all the way there. So he's essentially fighting himself mm. again, but only this way worse version who's just kind of given up on caring about anything. And that's the stakes that... James Bond is against in in Quantum of Solace, that he can become James Bond by giving up on everything. At the end of Casino Royale, we're given this glimpse into, is James Bond who he is because his heart was broken, this woman betrayed him, and now he's just, I am James Bond, Bond James Bond at the end of Casino Royale. Right. And Quantum of Solace takes it a step further and says, no, he's still learning who James Bond is, who right. he's going to become right. by realizing that the shit that happens to you as a person should not affect who you are 
in this very, very important job. Yes. And he needs to learn that because he does not learn it throughout Casino Royale. No. But he learns it throughout Quantum of Solace by realizing that he cannot just go in guns blazing, shoot first, ask questions later, because it's going to create difficulties for him, uh, even though he can, you know, shrug off any difficulties that are going to come his way. Mm -hmm. And ultimately... Quantum of Solace just becomes like this very, it's one of the darkest James Bond movies. And it's mm-hmm. probably in my top 10. Oh, honestly. wow. Okay. okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorites to rewatch. I rewatch it all the time. And in rewatching it for this one, having seen No Time to Die, I always believed that I was like, there would be no Skyfall without Quantum of Solace because you can't go from Casino Royale to Skyfall. It wouldn't no, make no. any fucking I, sense. I 100% agree. 100% agree. You, you need to let Bond let go of Vesper in some way that makes sense that allows her to still linger on and not be mentioned or just be mentioned just a little bit or just have like the, the theme, Vesper's theme play a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's an amazingly energetic movie. It does not stop. It keeps going. It very, very seldomly lightens up. Yeah. And when it does lighten up, it's talking about some dark shit. Yeah. And uh, all the conversations between Bond and M when they're just talking are really just like M being like, M is being the friend to someone who has gone through something and she's trying to tell that friend that there's something wrong and that you need to think about it. But Bond is bullheaded and won't listen. And it sets the stage for the theme of M as everybody's mother in Skyfall. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's the way that when I re- revisited it and I, and I saw the, the way that M and Bond interact in Quantum of Solace, I'm like, okay, this is, this is why everybody calls her mom, ma'am, but mom, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. she's, no, no, she's, totally. and she's not, I mean, you know, she's not like a, you know, I'm going to make you cookies mother, you know, but she, she, she comes in and she's got the words of wisdom and she understands how to, how to you know she she knows how to get into his psychology in the way that yes. in the way that only a, a mother figure really can yeah and know? it's important that quantum Masalas points that down because casino royale she is a motherly figure in a way in the same way that M in a lot of like the earlier movies like can be considered a fatherly mm-hmm. figure. Like they don't really go there so hard in that he's more of a boss or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um I, I love like they're like, you know, the choice to keep Judy Dench on as M from the Pierce Brosnan stuff, even though they're rebooting, is an amazing one. And I, I agree. think that people don't talk about it. Enough. I agree. I think it's, it was it a, was, it was they, a brilliant Brilliant they choice. did not brilliant. need to do that. No. And it's just... But she's so... It's just a perfect... She's uh, so good. But it's she's also... So like good. Not only is she so good, but like it's a perfect representation of how... How little the franchise is taking seriously the continuity of all this. 
Yes. Okay. You know, like they're yeah. like, listen, listen, it's, it doesn't make any sense that this guy looks different all the time. And some of the other actors are still hanging around and money. Penny is now like in her fifties and, and the, the bond now is like in his early forties, even though he's going to still keep going on into his early sixties. Like it doesn't make any sense, but we're going to keep going with it. Even though Casino Royale was a reboot bring her in and having her still be like the like they they don't redefine her character no she is still the same m from the brosnan movies like it's still like kind of the same take on the character and everything it's only now she's got a much more childish uh kind of bond to deal with the way she was speaking to brosnan in the other movies where he was like you know, a dyna- a misogynistic dinosaur left over from the Cold War. Mm-hmm. She's still speaking to him in that same kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, derogatory way. But now it makes more sense because he's not as experienced right. as her or as right. anybody else. And, and there's some, like I mean, and then there's some real, real poignancy. And I'm not, I'm, I'm going to hold off on getting too Skyfall on you. But you know, there's some real poignancy to the scenes in Skyfall when when he um, when Bond basically abducts her and goes to Scotland, um, and you know there she you know and she's she's M. She helped recruit Bond to be a member of the Secret Service, and you know she she's they're they're looking over the the Scottish landscape and. She's like, you know, wow, this is where you came from. And he's like, well, you know, <laughs> because no. you because you found me. And she goes, orphans make the best recruits. And it's just it's this very um, it's a very bleak thing to say, but it's also a very motherly thing to say. It's a moment where she's yeah. like, yes, orphans make the best recruits. And I'm I'm not here to be your mommy, but. I'm I understand that there is a lot of pain in your life that you have not really dealt with and I'm going to try to help you within the confines of a you know boss subordinate kind of role you know mm-hmm. um and that and that you, you see the seeds of that in Quantum of Solace that's that's the beginning that's that's where that that allows what their their interactions in Quantum of Solace is what makes you buy into the relationship they have when Skyfall comes along. I do want to interject as well. You you mentioned the female lead in Quantum of Solace, and I am ashamed to say that I cannot remember the actress's name, but I do remember um, when I first watched it, and also when I revisited it for this. Um, just the nature. The, the Bond girl. Yes, the Bond girl. The the Bond, the quote unquote the quote Bond girl. Yes, exactly. It's a, quote unquote. It's a, quote unquote. Uh, Olga, Olga Korlienko? That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I like how you say quote unquote Bond girl because she's not a traditional Bond girl. She's just. Well, she's, many of the Bond girls in these new movies are not. Are not. And I also, know. I know. It's kind of a weird fucking terms like as someone who loves bond i I I love bond but like i also love feminism and uh, (laughs) well it's a weird fucking term i mean this is not this is not pussy galore you know this is not uh you know this is not honey uh her her name her name in this movie is camille right 
you know, Camille. There's some there's some non innuendo there, you know. Um yeah. and um and I like the relationship that they have because it's not just like hi, sex. You know, like there is yeah. a there is He's a, got strawberry fields for that. He's got strawberry this, fields for that. Sense, yeah. And she's the traditional first Bond girl who dies. There's always a Bond girl yeah. who dies and then a Bond mm-hmm. girl who is the Bond girl. Um and um but I I I'm fascinated by the relationship that he has with this woman in Quantum of Solace because it is so unlike any other James Bond and quote unquote Bond girl relationship that we've seen like these are just two people who are in a lot of pain who kind of bond over that pain and decide that they're going to help each other and it's it's um i feel like it's just a like they're almost buds you know like it's 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 not just it's it's not like ooh sexy times it's it's just like they they have a very deep connection. It's not like a romantic Vesper Lind. I'm going to, you know, but there's a, there is an intimacy to that relationship that is sort of romantic, but also just sort of like, Hey, we're two people in a lot of pain trying to fix things. And, um, and I think that that's a very, very, it's just so unusual for a bond film to have like the main bond girl play that kind of role. Um, you know, uh, and, 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 and that's, that's actually one of the things that I, um, really, really appreciate about the film is that it, it just sort of, it, it makes, it makes the, it makes the girl in the bond movie just so much more interesting and so much more complicated and, and, and just, and their relationship is, is interesting. Um, so that's, that was, you know, again, and I, again, when I first watched it and when I rewatched, I was like, yeah, this is an interesting, this is an interesting bond relationship, so to speak, you know, of all of the, if we can call all yeah. of his, if we can it's, call all of his conquest relationships, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, it's a, it's different. It's a departure from the usual formula. Uh, they they know hanky panky. They know hanky panky. No, they know hanky panky, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And yeah. I think I think uh, both respectful to both characters. Like yes. I, I mean, he does with Strawberry Fields. Well, because he gets down. Well, yeah, you're because like, yeah, I mean, he's not a prude now. It's not like he's like, I, I oh, she... my long lost love or anything also, like that. He's like, also, yeah, like, yeah. she shows up and her name is Strawberry Fields. I mean, come on, pussy galore. I, what's the what's the come on? Like, yeah. who wouldn't fuck her? Like that well, kind no, of thing. But it's, like, like, but it's like they gave her a silly name. The way they give a yeah. lot of Bond girls silly names. Plenty O'Toole, yeah. you know. Of um, course. Yeah. And and so it's like, all right. So this is this is the Bond girl that he he bangs and then she dies, and then Camille, you know, like right. But like after Strawberry Fields dies, like M has that great line. She was like, "What's that make three? Mm, yes and it's just like okay so like they're keeping tally of like what's going on here Mm. and they're not just being like it's it's nuts i don't want to say that quantum of solace is the first bond movie to really take a stance uh, on um not 
treating women as disposable things to be killed and stuff because it doesn't. But I do like I do like that M is like. So you're kind of going through these pretty quick. Um, <laughs> do you feel like maybe that's something that has to do with you or anything like that? Right. And he's like, ah, um, but no, like I, I also really want to talk about Skyfall because, but I like uh, pretty much all I have left to say on Quantum of Solace is that I think that it's just. Um, Casino Royale is so perfect and Skyfall is so perfect Mm -hmm. that it really just kind of gets lost in there. And I think it's also a really fucking cool, (coughs) sorry, (coughs) dark revenge Bond movie. Yes. Yeah. That, that is not as uh, enticing to the, the memory to rewatch, but it is still a really fucking fun movie. The final fight scene between uh, Dominic Green and uh, James Bond is so fucking cool because mm-hmm. James Bond mm-hmm. is like this trained killer and Dominic Green is nobody. But <laughs> it's like it's presented up front that James Bond is extremely dehydrated and tired uh, before getting into the fight. That's right. And that's there's great. a lot of explosions that happen and stuff that kind of like fuck with James Bond and everything. Like they they make it believable that someone like Dominic Green could actually go toe to toe in a fight with James Bond, which you don't normally get. You don't usually get a like fist on fist fight between James Bond and the main villain. That's mm. usually what the lackeys for. Right. So again, right. it's another, it, it, that's another example of like why it's so individualistic as a Bond movie. Yeah. Um, I think it gets a bad rap and don't get me wrong. When I first watched it, I was like, fuck this movie because it's <laughs> no, it, it's no casino Royale because unfortunately very few movies can be that. Right. And I think the I think the main flaw I would say um with Quantum of Solace honestly having revisited it is that I I just don't think it can stand alone. I don't think you can watch Quantum of Solace without having seen Casino Royale. Yeah. I think it just makes no sense uh as yes. a as a standalone. It needs the two need to be there. Yeah. acting in opposition to each other in order for the story to make sense. And I think that God, it really, it just, it makes Casino Royale better. It does. It does. And, and, and like, that's like, that's one of the biggest flaws in it is that it is not a standalone individual installment that you could just like pop on. Right. You need to watch Casino Royale beforehand, not even just like for, um, knowing what's going on like just like popping it on even if you've seen casino royale before right a couple years ago just popping quantum Solace on you're like wait what yeah 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 yeah. why is he so upset what's going on and it's like and they talk about it it's like "Mm, that girl did you dirty didn't she and it's like yeah yeah, it's okay but it it is like that's one of the things that i find most interesting about it and Honestly, probably I'm realizing this right now, probably led to not doing that too hardcore. Although No Time to Die also does that. No Time to Die you know, does also it's, do it's that. It's kind it of does. like Casino Royale 
to Quantum of Solace is the same that Spectre does to No Time to Die. I 100 with Skyfall just kind of like sitting there in the middle. I 100% agree. And that yeah. was that's that's what I was going to say about Skyfall. Um, that's one of the many Talk things. Talk about I was Skyfall. Say. Go. So go, Skyfall. Go, so Sky, go, Skyfall. Go. 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 <laughs> Skyfall. It sits in the middle. We've got the two. We've got the two bookends. We've got Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace. We've got Spectre, No Time to Die. It's Empire Strikes Back. Yep. It is. <laughs> it sits there in the middle of the five. It is not necessarily directly connected to Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, except for we get, this is the this is the heartbroken, troubled, kind of fucked up bond, you know. Um, he takes the the character the characterizations from the others without the specifics. Yes, yes. The plot does not carry over, and um, and what I liked about Skyfall so much when it first came out, and Spectre ruined this a little bit for me, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Skyfall is a standalone Bond film. You can watch it. You don't necessarily need to have seen the first two in order to understand what's going on. You come in, this is a straight on bang. It opens with a fucking, you know, like car chase. You're in Turkey. He's fighting the guy on top of the train, blah, blah. This is a Bond film. This is what you think of when you think of James Bond, you know, and then it has this very shocking beginning with M saying, just take the damn shot. And uh, mm-hmm. the agent who turns out to be Money Penny uh, is not a very good shoot. Not very good with her gun. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and it's funny. There's a common theme amongst all of these, all of the Craig cycle is there are these moments where Bond is just like, fuck it. Do I really want to be an agent? Because Sky, yeah. Skyfall begins with him just like, he's like, all right, they think I'm dead. Cool. I'm just going to chill out on this like sexy island with this sexy girl I'm going to go drink with the locals and do the thing with the scorpion on my hand. And they're all going to be like, oh, you know, and it's like he's he was ready again, like at the end of Casino Royale. He was ready again to be like, you know what? I'm just going to live a happy life of pure like joy and sex and drinking and having a blast and then he fucking sees Wolf Blitzer on TV, which is hilarious that Wolf <laughs> the Blitzer thing is a, that gets anybody to do anything. Is Wolfie on Wolf CNN? Blitzer showing Wolfie. up on CNN Wolfie. and being like Wolfie being like, yo, they What are they, you doing? Wolfie being what like they, they they blew up the MI6 headquarters and Bond is like, oh fuck. And there it is. There it is. That's there's that inherent. There's that training. There's that thing where he's like, you know what? I got a job to do, and so I'm before gonna I forget for duty. <laughs> this is the thing that a lot of people talk about that really makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Not mad. I don't really get mad, but like it upsets me. Everybody says that Daniel Craig's bonds are all him going rogue. This is not no 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 like actual rogue. He only ever goes rogue in Quantum of Solace. Yes, yes, okay, okay. In Skyfall, in Skyfall, like MI six is fucked. It's not him going rogue. It's MI six does not exist anymore. He can't like do anything. Yeah. Inspector, it's uh, 
it's he doesn't even actually go rogue. I rewatched it and I was like, doesn't he go rogue in this one too? And it's like, no, he's just like doing the mission, but it's he's, different he's, than what they assigned him. Right. And but they are totally cool with it. Like they're he's interacting with them the whole time. He is. He does he only goes rogue in Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Yeah. I think people get this confused with Mission Impossible because Mission Impossible, <laughs> Ethan Hunt goes rogue every movie. Right, right. But that's the whole fucking right, point. Right. No, I mean, yeah. It's an yeah, impossible like, mission. Like, he doesn't. Bond doesn't go rogue in Skyfall so much as he goes, maybe a life not being. Get off the grid. Exactly. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe this is you a better life. You can't go rogue if you've got your boss with you. Right. But also, like she's the she's the thing that you would be going rogue from, right? And right? also, and also, yeah. he's not going rogue because he has like a great night of partying at the bar, and it's like five o'clock in the morning, and the bartender's like, "Yeah, yeah, you can have whatever." You know, he he he's like, "Oh, you're talking about like the beginning oh, of Skyfall. earlier on?" No, that's 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 a wall. That's a, no, yeah, no, 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 that, that's my point. That's, that's my point. That's A-wall. Point. It's a wall. He's, he's, it's he's A-wall. like, fuck this shit. It's yeah. a wall, and then when he sees Wolfie on the TV saying that MI6 has been bombed and something really fucked up is going on, he's like, ah, oh, fuck. I got it. I got it. I gotta go. I got. Are you laughing at me calling him Wolfie? Yes. I call him Wolfie. I've called him Wolfie since. Uh, since he's, uh, a fucking, since he's a cutie pie, he is, yeah. he is, and I love, and he's so, and he's so excited to be in the Bond movie. The thing I love about Wolfie is that he is so excited to be a part of anything he does. He's also in uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, he's he's. I'll do it. I'm, I'm Wolfie. I'll do it. I'm yeah, so he's excited. Into it. I'm excited to do election returns. I'm excited. Have when you seen? Have you seen Mission Impossible Fallout? Uh, no, I have not actually. Rhea. I know. It's one of the best movies ever made. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. I'm being very serious. All right. I'm. You see me? I got my phone. I have a list. I got in a. I have a list. I got. In, I got in a huge argument uh, with uh, some dudes coming out of Eternals at the theater the other day, and one of them does not like Mission Impossible because the last one they saw was the second one. Oh. And one of them was like, no, you don't understand. Mission Impossible Fallout is like the beast. It's the best one. Hmm. Okay. And I pretty much looked at the guy and I was like, look, um, I don't know what your guy's on right now. I don't know what your relationship is. But um, I do know that if you put in the time and you watch uh, Mission Impossible 3. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. All th- all three pretty cool fucking movies. Uh, I think you'll like them. Mm-hmm. But you have to watch those before you watch Fallout. Mm, okay. And okay. the guy was like, oh, I got to watch three movies to watch one movie. And I was like, no one says that you got to do that. I'm just saying that you're going to get the best out of it if you do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, his friend was like, no, 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 just watch Fallout. Just watch Fallout. You're going to love it. And I'm like, mm, mm, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that you need to I think that you need to watch those other three movies because that's kind of the whole thing that makes Fallout awesome. And I asked the other guy and I was like, have you seen all those movies? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, do you think that maybe because you've seen those other three movies 
that's why Fallout hit so hard. And he was like, I mean, maybe, but like, he doesn't have time to watch four movies. And I, yeah, I was like, what else does he have time to do? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> Everybody has time. Yes. No, I'm no, no, one, no, no, I, no, no. I am no. one of the busiest people on the planet. You are. And I, I can still watch one to two movies a day. I know. Come on, everybody. I know. Come I know. on, everybody. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> James Bond, yes. Get him back to Skyfall. Um, so he returns. He says, you need me. He he um he does the same thing he did in Casino Royale in that he breaks into M's house and scares the shit out of her, which I think is hilarious. And that's actually something that I wish that they had done in every single well, they couldn't after um after Ray Fiennes took over being M. Well they could have. Where James Bond just breaks into M's house and annoys the fuck out of M. Um But she's but you know, he comes back. He says, I'm back, I'm here, I'm ready. Uh, you know, I, you need me. I'm here to do what I got to do. Um, and the thing that I liked so much about Skyfall is that it, it again, like we said, it takes the, it takes the hurt, the wounded, you know, physically and psychologically, uh, James Bond, and puts him in this situation with this like wild card of a villain that is Silva. And what I, and again, at the time, what I really liked about Skyfall was the fact that Silva, I said this earlier, Silva is after M. Bond is a means to an end for him. He's not really that interested in killing Bond. He kind of has a crush on James Bond, which is weird. Uh, not weird because I'm homophobic, but just weird because, like, he's also a murderous villain, terrible human being. But... Uh, he finds James very dashing. Um, well, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Exactly. Um, and I, I, <laughs> I think I think on that, if I may, mm-hmm. I think on that, it's one of my favorite parts about it is one of my favorite parts about Skyfall is Javier Bardem's Silva. First off, doesn't show up until halfway through the movie. Yes. Yep. Mwah. Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tactic that No Time to Die uses and maybe doesn't work out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that in Skyfall, again, rewatching it this time, the. This is not a word. Okay. But I'm going to use it. Okay. The intentionality. That's a word. Yeah. I, I don't think it is. I think that's a word. Thank you. Appreciate it. I think that's a word. The intentionality of Silva when he's talking to Bond mm-hmm. is like we only have one scene where Silva actually talks to Bond and actually gets to speak with him. Right. Uh, outside of. Just encounter all this other uh, yeah, shit. Encountering yeah. him throughout like we have, all. The- we have scenes later where it's like, "Ah, you killed me," or like, "Um, oh, you're trying to fuck with my plan." Like he's yeah, like, he's yeah, yeah, being yeah. like a a little fucking dipshit. Yeah. Um. In that scene where he's talking to him, I think that it's it's insanely intriguing the idea that he knows. That Bond is about to beat him no matter what happens. Right. That's part of his plan. 
Yeah. yeah. And but when you're watching it, you're like, oh, this guy is trying to lure yeah. Bond in. Yeah. And I think it's one of those it's one of those fun things that I don't think are in a lot of bomb movies. I don't usually know. bomb movies are very straightforward. Yeah. Like the, it's usually like, oh, the villain is trying to be like, come join me, Bond. <laughs> Why couldn't we do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, Silva is just like He's playing a long game. He is yeah, playing a like, long, long game. Would you like maybe? Yeah. <laughs> like he's doing the. Yeah. I'm I'm rubbing my fingers on my desk, but you can't see that. But that's like but that's, he, that's but that's essentially what he's doing. That is what he's, he's doing. Just like, yeah. Hello, little boo boo. Yeah. Perhaps me and you. Yeah. Perhaps. Right. And it it's it 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 never comes across to me as. Something that would ever come into a special agent's mind to try and get a special agent to change. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It never comes across for me as someone who has lived in the shoes of the person that they are trying to convince. Right. He's doing all of the shit that we expect as an audience for a Bond villain to do. Right. And Bond buys into none of it. There's yeah. never a moment where Bond's like, ooh, maybe. Yeah. No, no, no. There's He's... only the one moment where Bond's like, yo, dude, I can do gay stuff too. Don't yeah, you? I love that. That's one of my favorite don't, moments don't in the like, movie. Don't relegate me. I... Like, I can do whatever you That's want. That's one of yeah. my favorite moments yeah. where he's like, how do you know I haven't? And he goes, oh, Mr. Bond. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that. We I never, that. we never get that's like a moment like, where he's like, just like that's some like pure yeah. camp brilliance right there. It's um, good stuff. It's yeah, and it's you know, and it's great, you know, and 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 again, things I like about Skyfall. We meet Money Penny for the first time. Uh, we meet Q for the first time. I think Ben Wishaw is so good as this like 21st century Q, who is insanely good. yeah, who is like. He's not really a gadget guy. He's a hacker, you know, which is just, that's, that makes sense. That makes sense. He's, in a, the, te- he's yeah. a tech guy. He's a tech guy. Yes, exactly. And I, and I love it. And, you know, like the little, the, I, I, I do feel for Pierce Brosnan in, in the moment when um, Q gives Bond his, uh, you know, the radio, the little radio and the gun that's palm, you know, like coded to Bond's palm print. So nobody else mm-hmm. can shoot the gun. And Bond just kind of goes, so you're giving me a gun and a radio. And Q goes, oh, were you expecting an exploding pen? Yeah, we don't really go in for that that much these days. And, and it's like, good stuff. It's good stuff. And I just I just imagine Pierce Brosnan watching this in a corner being like, why? I was the exploding pen guy. And, but I will say, too, <laughs> the exploding pen in GoldenEye is one of the best fucking gadgets I know, ever made I know. because of the execution of how it's used. I know, I know, I know. I agree, I agree. But I just, it's its funny because it's like, it's like they're throwing the gauntlet. This is, we've got a new bond. We have established yeah. from Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, this is the new bond. Um, now we have a new Q. And the new Q is not like, here's a quirky gadget thing gadget. and like, here's a, here's a watch with it a... It explodes in your ass. Here's a... <laughs> yeah. Here's a watch with a lit. Here's an invisible car. He's like, here, it's a gun and a radio. And then I'm going to fucking. You put this in there and it explodes in your ass. Yeah. (laughs) 
he's like, no, my powers as Q is I, I, I'm an IT guy. I'm a hacker. I can figure out what modern villains are he's going got that, to do. He's got that great quote where he was like, I can do in like an hour before I have my first cup of Earl Grey. Yeah. That you got that takes you guys like two months to do and right, stuff like that. Right, yeah. right, right. It's good stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. It's good stuff. And so, you know, I love I so I love the introduction of the new Q. I love the way that they subtly bring in uh Ralph Fines as Ralph Ralph. Oh dear. Sorry. Rafe. Rafe. Oh boy. Sorry. You got it. Sorry, you got Rafe. It. It's I'm okay. sorry, Rafe. I'm sorry. Um, they bring him in as Mallory, and you don't necessarily realize until very late in the game that he's being set up as the new M. Um, you mm. know, and he's uh, you know, and he starts out as kind of like, ooh, everyone's like, uh, I don't know how we feel about this guy. He's coming in. He's wants to make big changes at MI6, and he's you know, he's bashing M, and we all love him, and blah blah blah. And you know, she has to go and testify in front of this tribunal, and you know, and he ends up being a pretty cool guy because he's worked in the field, and he, you know, in that moment where she's testifying in front of the tribunal, and Silva and his crew show up to like shoot the shit out of everybody, you know, in Parliament or wherever that was happening. And, uh, and Mallory gets, he gets shot in the arm and he still picks up a gun and he's still, you know, he's still able to cover. He does, you know, so it's, it's, I like the kind of subtle way that they bring us into liking him. Um, you know, and then that, again, it's like, there's just so many, Skyfall is very funny in a lot of moments, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, Bond kind of abducts M from the tribunal and she goes, are you kidnapping me, Bond? And he goes, yeah, maybe. And then they have to switch vehicles and it's the fucking DB5 from Goldfinger. And she goes, oh yeah, because that's subtle. <laughs> you know, and so it's like these little, just these little barbs like that. And then they're driving the car and she's like, this isn't a very comfortable ride, is it? And then he like flips open the ejector button and she's like, oh yeah, eject me. Yeah, have your have your day, eject me, fine, whatever. See if I care. You know, like there's all these like, these little hilarious moments. And then, you know, like Bond has inscripted Q and Tanner. He's like, can you lay a trail so that Silva will find me in the Scottish Highlands and nobody else can find me or whatever. And they're doing it. And it's kind of like Q... And Tanner are going rogue a little bit as well. And they're like, you know, trying to make this happen. And and Rafe finds as Mallory walks in, he's got his arm in a sling. And they're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Is this guy going to get mad at us? And he's like, he's like, nope. Keep doing what you're doing. Great job. Brilliant idea. Go, go. Hack away. You're great. You know, there's there's just these, there, there are these moments of like genuine humor in Skyfall that I really enjoy. Um, you know, when they get to Bond's childhood home, when, when, when James and M get to his childhood home and, um, and they meet Albert Finney as, um, what's his character's name? Albert Finney's character's Kincaid, name? Kincaid, Kincaid. Skyfall. Mr. Kincaid. Kincaid. Mr. Yeah. Kincaid. Yeah. And, um, and I love Albert Finney. Uh, he's he's just a joy, um, you know. And they they you know he's 
the, you know, he's, he goes, you know, Kincaid, we're here because a bunch of men are, are going to come kill us. And Kincaid has not seen Bond since he was a small child. Kincaid does not know what Bond does for a living. Bond he does not know. Bond, no. no. And Bond goes, some men are coming here to kill us. And Kincaid goes, well, we better get ready then. And it's just like, like Kincaid's like, yes, I'm in. I'm here. I'm going to saw off my shotgun and I'm going to help you kill these mystery men. And what is it you do for a living again? I'm not. Uh, okay, sure. Um, you know, there's this, I mean, like even the moment where Silva dies, you know, in the big climactic moment in the chapel on the grounds of Bond's childhood home where he's, you know, and it's like, it's really intense. And, you know, M is bleeding out. She's been injured. She's been wounded. She was shot. And Silva's got their heads together. He's got the gun to his head and he goes, you have to do it. Kill us both. Kill us both. Put us both out of our misery. This it's is an, dark. It's an intense moment. It's dark yeah. fucking shit is what it is because you realize that Silva is not just after him. Silva is so fucked up that he's kind of on a suicide mission. He would be perfectly happy to die as long as he's dying with M to make his point, you know, and he's like, do it, do it, do it. And then Bond, you know, like gets him in the back with the knife and just the way Javier Bardem plays that moment where he turns around and he's just like, Ugh! and it's not like, Oh, you stabbed me. It's more like, Oh, you ruined my fucking dramatic ending. Yeah, he, he even, he even tries to like, he, he tries to walk towards him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's and like, do something a little bit more dramatic. Yeah, more like theatrical. Like, nah, and he's like, okay, he's like, nope. And then yeah. he just falls over, you know. And then it's it's and then it's sad because you know Judy Dench's M dies, you know, and it's very very sad. But it's you know it's like there's there's just these there's there's just a lot of really great just like bits in Skyfall that are just delightful yeah. to watch. And I and what I liked about Skyfall at the time was the fact that Silva is, you know, like we spend Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace learning about, you know, like, uh, you know, Le Chief, Mr. White, uh, the organization, Spectre, the organization. And Silva is just like this bad dude who's who's there and he just he has a vendetta against M and he's there and I liked that I liked that he was not really connected to the first two films in that way he was just this bad dude who this very psychologically and physically damaged James Bond has to like deal with and um and so now (laughs) when we get to Spectre one of the first things about Spectre that made me angry and this like, and this happens in the first like 30 minutes of the film is that, you know, Q or, or, you know, Q or Tanner, I don't know. They find out that, Oh, Silva was actually secretly a part of the Spectre organization. And I was like, fuck that. You just, you just made Silva so much less interesting as a villain. I hated that because then it comes back to here's Spectre and Spectre I it, wants. I think it actually it it comes up like towards the end and it's like Christoph Waltz's like thing where he's like, oh, Silver was all part of my plan to like make you. Yeah, bad. and it's it, but it, but it, but like he could also. I've always taken solace in the fact that he could be lying. 
That's a fair point. And that's a fair point. And when I right, and, and, like, and, like and, he and, would lie about shit like that. And I and I'm gonna he, I'm gonna choose to believe that interpretation because I I just remember when that reveal be free happens, be free with right that. because yeah. when that reveal happens I was like now Silva as a character as a Bond villain is so much less interesting because because well, it makes no sense yes, that it, the Silva character who is essentially like this anarchist yeah. would be like oh yeah i'm following jolly old juggas from the the knob creek ties. <laughs> like it's that doesn't right. make any goddamn right. sense and, it's, and, it's, and again and like you know and, my, and again my but the thing that i always say about silva is like what's interesting about silva is that he doesn't want to kill james bond james bond is a means to an end to m and then when you get the reveal that oh no he's actually secretly a part of specter and specter is after bond so that means silva was after bond i'm like fuck that you just ruined no, no. you just ruined the character it's one of the things about specter that i didn't like and we'll get that we'll get to that in just a sec mm-hmm. uh but i think that it's easy to be able to say that that there's no proof that specter actually had any hand in all of that no you're and right that's you're something right. that specter would do they would say like oh we were le chief and oh we were this and oh mm-hmm. we were that like no, it I, makes no, sense I, that I, he I, would I, be le chief it makes sense that they would be dominic green it makes absolutely, absolutely zero sense. no sense that Silva would be involved in any way in any of that. That's not how he rolls. No. Um, but I suppose this is as good a moment as any to to loop over into into Spectre. Uh, unless you do, you have anything else you want to add about Skyfall? I mean, I Skyfall uh, is Skyfall is my favorite of the five. Um, and I I, I have. I have just a little bit on Spectre. Uh, I will say that I love Spectre. I think that it would be my it, it would be my favorite bomb movie of all time. Oh, you mean Skyfall? You're saying Spectre? It's making me nervous. Skyfall? No, no, Spectre. Spectre? It's, it's my favorite movie. No, Skyfall. I was, yeah, I was gonna go home and Skyfall. I was, I was gonna turn Sky- off the computer and sob. <laughs> Birch, what are you doing to Sorry. me? No, okay. No, Ugh. it's all good. The whiskey runs deep right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, um, all good, all good, all good. Uh, Skyfall would be one of my favorite bomb movies if it wasn't for Casino Royale. I understand. And no, I understand because that. Because it... Uh, things that we've talked about yep. already. Yep. I'm just like, um... They're kind of uh, two sides of the same coin. They're just yeah. like, one's over here, one's over there. Yep. Uh, I will say the things that the negative things about Skyfall. Oh, I'm gonna cry. No, go ahead. There, I know that. I, I, I have know to they put them out no, no, there. No, I know they because, exist. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because go. they exist. Like, why don't I like Skyfall as much as I love Casino Royale? Casino Royale. Royale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Skyfall is amazing in all of the same ways that Casino Royale is. The slight little tiny things that I don't like about Skyfall are I do not believe in um, the realism of uh, Silva being able to get out in the middle of the movie. 
Oh, you mean es- escaping, that, escaping from his um, escaping. cell? His, uh, there, there's his something that happens cell. in my head, even with the extraordinary, extraordinary like James Bond stuff. There's something in my head that goes, how did he get out of that cell in the first place? And the movie knows this. The movie, yeah, the movie tries makes to make an it about- immediate thing like. He is gone from this cell. They, he is they, gone. And they try to make it about how, oh, he knew that Q was going to hack into his computer. And sure, so he set up his sure. computer to hack. And no, I, no, no. You know, all, like, I and mean, I, and it, all of that, it's, it's, all of that is okay. It's flimsy, though. It's, it's how does he actually get out of the cell and move somewhere else? It's and I it's I am not hung up on it. It's they say like, oh. He opened up everything. All the gates are open. He can go wherever he wants. I'm like, right. But where did he go from there? I think the- and he's like, no, he went down into like the hole. And I'm like, what hole? Right. Where did he go from there? The way I always looked at that, and I'm not going to challenge you on this because I do agree that it is, it is, it is flimsy. It is the, the their rationale for how he gets but out. But I is am also not beholden to being weird about flimsy stuff. I'm like, yeah, what you got I, out. What That's I, okay. What I think it is, is, and again, you know, we talked about Silva's playing a very long game in this film, a very, mm-hmm. very long game. Mm-hmm. So he starts by blowing up MI6 headquarters and he knows that the protocol were something like that to happen is that MI6 moves down into this they bunker. They go down. Yeah. They go down into the bunker mm-hmm. that like adjoins the London subway. <laughs> and he... So the way I think of it is he knew that that was going to happen. He blows up MI6. They're going to have to do their emergency protocol, which is going into the bunker. Um, and he knows the bunker. He's got a map of the bunker. He mm-hmm. he understands where the bunker is in in connection to the London Underground. He knows where to go. And he is counting on the fact that because... MI6 hasn't ever been blown up before. Everybody who works there is not as familiar with the layout of the bunker because it just looks like a series of tunnels and shit. And it's like they they put up like cubicles and like makeshift desks and offices to make it feel like MI6, but it's not an office building. It's a fucking dank, dark, damp, (laughs) like... Under, I mean, like, think about how damp England is and then go underground, you know, like it's disgusting <laughs> down there. And I think he has that advantage because he has been planning this for such a long time that he would, you know, he would get he would get a diagram of what that bunker looks like. And that's information that M just wouldn't know. Right. James yeah. just wouldn't know. Tanner wouldn't know. Q wouldn't know. I mean, this is oh, that's good. this is their like you know this is their emergency protocol. This is the bunker protocol. You know, which they never thought they'd have to use. So mm-hmm. that's that's how that's how I have chosen to reconcile the problem that you just identified. Mm-hmm. Um. No, and that that makes sense because I, I'm just. It becomes such like an issue where it's like, it seems like he's really kind of like jokering it where it's Mm -hmm. like, like it's the same issue with the dark Knight, where it's like, well, how did he know that that was going to happen when Mm -hmm. this happened? Like, how did he know that 
someone was going to come in and say this and do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But digressing from that, uh, really one of the only issues that I have with Skyfall is um, in the end uh, with uh, with Bond on the uh, the ice. On the ice. On the ice, yep, yep, yep. And Silva is just like, you goddamn son of a bitch out there, you're fucking my stuff up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't shoot him. And I, I know that that is a stupid argument to have in any Bond movie. Like, why doesn't the main villain just shoot him? Right there. Yeah, yeah. But given everything that Silva is all about, right. and the fact that he's just like... You need to die so that I can go up to mother and do all of this. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. just like when I rewatch it this time, all of the problems that I have with Skyfall are absolutely stupid, and I do not hold them against the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's the only reasons that I can come up with to be like I don't have these same arguments against Casino Royale. Oh no, I get it. I get it. No, 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 I get it. Casino you're Royale, I'm like, Argh. but like I have to come up with these like little tiny like bullshit arguments where I'm just like, just fucking kill him then. If it's so important to you, just shoot him in the head. Right, right, like, right, right. Lashif Lashif does not want to kill Bond. At any point in the movie, up until the very ending of Casino Royale, where he's right, just like, right. "Well, you're not going to give me what I want, so I'm going to fucking cut your balls off and put them in your mouth," and then he gets killed. Silva, <laughs> right. so very specifically, at that moment, at the in the third act, right? It's it would be great for him to just kill Bond. Just shoot him in the head right now because he serves no purpose for you right now at all. But he does the whole, like, oh, look. Isn't it a beautiful night? <laughs> Mother is calling. Mother is calling. No, but, 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 oh, but, but I, will, oh. I, I will interject yeah. one thing about that particular, the ice, the ice scene. Um, mm. with the, oh, isn't it a beautiful night? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and that is, and this is a reoccurring theme that you and I have talked about when we've talked about some of the, you know, the Connery bonds. Yeah. The, it's the like Roger the Moore one bonds. moment where like the villains just like, well, but it's also, but it's also this theme that I think is strangely important is a paradox. It's strangely important in the Craig cycle, which is this idea of you're an MI6 agent. You're a tool. You're a brute. You're a killing machine. You're an assassin. You're here to do a thing. You're not a human. You are a living weapon. Um, But what happens when you get old and you get creaky? And you get tired and then, you know, like, and it, and it's really, really hammered in, in the beginning of Skyfall when Bond says, okay, uh, I saw Wolfie on the TV and I got to come back and help you. Em. And she makes him go through all of the physical tests and they got to make sure that he's okay to go back in the field. And then of course he's not, but she puts him in anyway. Um, 
And, you know, Silva has this moment where he's like, oh, Bond, you know, what are you doing? You know, you say, well, what, re what, is, what comes of all this just running and jumping around and, you know, your, you, you know, your, your knees must be bothering you. And like, what is the, he's, he's, it's a, it's a psychological game. He's basically trying to convince Bond, who is stranded on a fucking ice patch that's about to die. Not to about to die, about to, cr oh, fucking hell, it's about to crack. He's trying to tell him, like, look, it's not worth it. You're getting old. This is hard. This is hard on your body. This is hard on your soul. Are you really enjoying your life right now? And, of course, it's all a psychological game because he's on his way to get him in the chapel, you know. But he's just, but it's like his... He brings up that theme that I think, especially from Skyfall onwards, becomes a theme in these films about, like, what do you do when you're an aging agent? You know, like, what do you do when you're just not as physically capable as you used to be? And I just find it fascinating that that becomes a recurring theme in the Craig cycle when Casino Royale was very clear that this is baby Bond. You know what I mean? This is, mm. this is Bond before he was Bond. This is his first mission. This is his first thing. And I just, I, I, I've always, I, I don't know how to reconcile those two things, honestly, because they said, you know, like they were making a statement with Casino Royale that this is a reboot. This is the beginning. We are going back to the beginning and going back to the beginning means we're going back to Bond before he was James Bond. And then within two films, we're talking about he's getting old, you know, like he meets Q in the museum and he's like, you're a fucking teenager, Q. Like, what the hell? You're the new head of Q branch, what, you know, and there's that scene in Macau where Money Punny shows up to be helpful and she gives him the very intimate shave with the blade and maybe they have some hanky-panky, we don't know, it's heavily implied, and she goes, you know, sometimes you can teach an old dog new tricks, and I'm just, it's, it's interesting to me how in two films they go from Bond is new at this too. Bond is getting fucking burned out, man. Yeah. And then Bond is fucking burned well, that's, out. That's Bond that's is also one of the things that I don't like about Skyfall is mm -hmm. that they're just like Bond's getting old, and I'm like, it's his third movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. 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 Guys, let's all fucking calm down here. Right. 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 And in watching Sky, in rewatching Skyfall. Uh, for this, I was like, is it more just kind of like, oh, maybe he's just had like one too many missions on top of each other, right? But no, they 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 do like a big thing of just like, oh, you don't know, you don't know how to take care of yourself anymore, and oh, you're you're just that. I don't know. But it's then, it's then... it's just weird to like in the third movie right. of five just be but like. Then... Then, Isn't he getting old? And I'm like, this is, I don't know. I don't think so. This is where, well, and I agree with you, but the, then this is also where I think this is a clumsy execution of another idea, which is that it's mm. not, it's not necessarily that he's getting old, but we see 
in the you know when he's when he goes a wall and he's just having sex and drinking a lot, and then he comes back and takes all of his fitness tests and stuff, and they you know and then Silva reveals to him, oh she let you back in the field and you're not ready, you've got you know a pill dependency, you've got alcohol issues, and that doesn't necessarily make me think oh he's getting old. That makes me think this is a man who is still holding on to so much psychological pain. Yeah. And it's and it's Vesper. And it's also his extremely fucked up childhood, as we learned in Skyfall, you know. Um, and 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 I it, I just think it's peculiar that they decide in Skyfall to make it about like, oh, age. you know, age, yeah. old dogs. And it's doesn't like, make it's any like sense. it doesn't make any sense. It's not age. All the thematic elements, like I completely agree with you, like yeah. are there of like someone who has gone through way too much traumatic yeah. shit yeah and has not dealt with it and it's fucking with his head exactly exactly and but so I, it's but it's i just, feel like skyfall keeps pushing that they keep age pushing thing the age thing it. and and yeah. and i have to wonder two things it's just maybe it's just clumsy writing you know maybe they didn't want to get too like psychobabble about things i don't know i don't know i i also wonder you know, and this is where we get into the the sort of the the blurring of Daniel Craig the actor versus Daniel Craig as James Bond the character. Um, you know, and we're getting into this zone where Daniel Craig himself was getting old. He's still a fucking snack. I love him. Uh, you know, yeah. if he, uh, you know, like uh, marry me, Daniel Craig. I mean. Uh, no, I, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah. you know. But but it almost feels like they wrote the film because they were anticipating some sort of critical blowback about Daniel Craig's aging, visible aging, because he does visibly age. It's fifteen years from Casino Royale to No Time to Die. He gets, I mean, fifteen years. I've aged in 15 years. I don't yeah. I don't look as good now as I did 15 years ago. That's just the way shit is in life, you know? And it feels like maybe they maybe they were writing Skyfall that way in order to kind of circumvent criticism that they were afraid was going to happen about Daniel Craig's Daniel Craig as Daniel Craig aging. Um I, it just, it doesn't track. I agree with you. It does not track. And I think that it would have been a lot more interesting and also would have made Spectre and No Time to Die stronger if they had decided to say, well, no, he's not aging. He's just fucked up because he's got all, yeah. like, he's just, he's got PTSD and his Yeah, because they do the whole aging like, thing in the middle one, and then you got to watch these other two movies where, like, the aging thing doesn't really come up. Yeah. You're like, wait, I thought that he was aging in that one. Right, 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 yeah. exactly. You know, so it's like, it's just, it's very, very strange. It's very, very yeah. strange, and I don't Which, know why they do that, but... As the host mm -hmm. would lead me into talking about, mm -hmm. are we going to anything left to say on Skyfall? Skyfall's my favorite, still, even with all it's that. It's a good fucking movie. It's a good movie. It should be your favorite. It's a great fucking movie. Skyfall's my favorite, but it's one of the best James Bond movies ever, ever made. made. 
mm-hmm. ever made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Top five in probably anybody's tier. I would say so. Yep. Yep. Are we? Uh, is this time to? Uh, is this time to discuss Spectre? Is that where you're leading me? So the thing that we need to talk about mm-hmm. is, uh, is, Spectre. is Spectre. We do. We do. This is the big one because as much as I like No Time to Die, and I'm getting the feeling that you like it too. Mm-hmm. Most, lot, most of it. Most of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of No Time to Die's issues for me come from Spectre. You are 100% right. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. And it's like you read my mind and took my words. And S- Spectre is like when when you... If you even remove Quantum of Solace from Daniel Craig's kind of oeuvre, the cycle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we're calling the it. The cycle. Mm-hmm. You have these deep contemplative ideas Inherent in Casino Royale and Skyfall. I believe that there are the same deep contemplative ideas in Quantum of Solace. Not everybody does. But they're there, but they they in, manifest it's, it's in, uh, they manifest yeah. in a different way. But I I yeah. I, I, I agree it's with you. Arguable though that Casino Royale and Skyfall have just something to them that makes everybody like them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Spectre seems to be this kind of outlier in all of this in the same way that Quantum of Solace is with some people where it doesn't really fall in line with what everybody is expecting from a Daniel Craig Bond. I'll, and yeah. for, and for me, for me, my biggest issues with Spectre was that they didn't realize that the Roger Moore was already there. Mm. That Daniel Craig was already doing these very low key quips mm-hmm. at every turn and just like little tiny guys, much in the same way that Sean Connery would. Mm-hmm. But they were like, well, well, what if we had him like fall on a couch <laughs> and just like laugh at himself? And I'm like, okay, yeah. I guess you could do that. Right, 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 right. Uh, in 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 my rewatch for Spectre, because I, I I I watched No Time to Die, and then rewatched all of these movies leading up to this podcast. Uh, Spectre was the one movie that I had only seen the once. Same here. In theaters. Same and, here. Same here. Yeah, and in watching it, I was like, it's not as bad as I remember. But I feel like that's a lot of No Time to Die's kind of reaffirmation of it happening. Because No Time to Die does a lot of legwork in the first 20 minutes to try and just catch you up on what happened in Spectre without having you remember what happened in Spectre. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, it's almost... They do, a, they do a bunch of reworking for it, which, which I like. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's almost like they anticipated with No Time to Die that Spectre was probably everybody's least favorite Daniel Craig Bond film. It is my least favorite Daniel Craig Bond film. I was. It's not a good movie. I went into Spectre with very high expectations, which was maybe a mistake, but, you know, you come out of Skyfall and I'm just kind of like, oh, they are on a fucking upswing this is gonna be epic and i was um i i was so disappointed almost to the point of being 
being a little angry. Um, I just thought that there was a lot about Spectre that was just stupid. Um, you know, and in rewatching it, um, in rewatching it, I think I wouldn't necessarily be as extreme. I just remember leaving the theater when I first saw it and being like, that was fucking dumb and I'm angry. And because I'd read the Daniel Craig interview where he said, I'm never doing another Bond film again. This was torture. I'd rather slip my wrists. I remember sitting in the car being like, that cannot be the last Daniel Craig Bond film. That that would be, it's, it's just such a wet fart of an ending. I mean, well, they always... They always end on a bad one. Like that's that's the thing. And that's that's yeah. another thing too with No Time to Die where you're just like, it's the best last Bond movie. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not a great, that's not a very high bar. It's not a high bar, but at least it's got that because yeah. if they had ended on Spectre, it would have been, well. It would have been profoundly. That's die another day. That's yep, a view yep, to a kill. Yep. That's diamonds are forever. Yeah, like that's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's the exact same stuff. It's yeah. all of that. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it was, you just, know, and I, I don't know. I don't know how much we want to sit on Spectre and like how much we want to talk about it. I don't, cause it's, I don't think there's much to say. I mean, like I think it's this, not a good movie. It's not and a good movie. I feel like everybody was, that's listening to a bomb movie, a bomb podcast right now is like expecting us to like really go to bat for Spectre. Try and yeah. talk about like what's good about it. I will say like the things that I liked about Spectre was like, I think that they had a really good, uh, you know, a really good like sub villain lackey in Dave Bautista. Yes. Like I think yep. that stuff's really good. Yeah, yeah. However much that kind of rips off of, uh, you know, from Russia with love and like mm-hmm. that whole big mm-hmm. red, big fight on the train scene and stuff like that. Right, and right, right, right. I, I, I just like in, in rewatching it, I thought that I was going to have maybe a little bit more of a reaction to it. I thought that I was going to maybe, see it for its fuller picture, having seen No Time to Die, having just rewatched all the other ones that I was really going to, oh, maybe they're going for this instead. Because it is Sam Mendes. It's it's yeah. the dude that made Skyfall. Exactly. And that's, and that's, that's exactly why but it doesn't, it, happen. doesn't happen. It does not happen for me. No, it yeah. doesn't happen. And, and, and there's just, and there are things that they do. I mean, I know it was a very, very big deal for them to have, Blowfield back as a character because I know that there were some there's some copyright reasons or studio reasons that for many many years why Blowfield couldn't comp Blowfield 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 I do this every time we do a podcast Blowfield Blowfield every fucking time because Blowfield comes up every time we do a Bond podcast um there were in a lot of them yeah but there was but there was a long stretch of time like he's not in any of the Brosnan films I don't know if he's in, is he in any of the Dalton films? I think there, there no. are, there are like, there's like copyright reasons and studio deals and reasons why they could not use Blofeld as a villain for a very long time. Inspector as well. I mean, that's why they yeah. were just like, oh, just do like quantum. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. And they, you know, and, and, but they, so it was, I, I know it was a, it was going into it. 
that, um, you know, one of the things that they were hyping the film on is, oh, you're going to see Blofeld again. And that's a big fucking deal. And I was like, oh, hey, cool. Sure. Christoph Faltz, of course. Um, but it just got weird. It just got really weird. You know, we come out of Skyfall and we learn in Skyfall a lot more about James's past. You know, we, we, we go into Skyfall knowing that he's coming in with this emotional damage from, from Vesper. And then in Skyfall, we get a very, very bleak picture of what his childhood was like before his parents died. And then, you know, of course, orphans make the best recruits. Um, you know, he fucking, he hated his childhood home so much that he did not give a fuck that Silva blew it up, you know, because he just, he, he, his childhood was just. I mean, that. he blew it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was but yeah, like, yeah, 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 this. yeah. He was more mad when they shot at the DB5 than he was when they shot at his childhood home. So, you know, you, you, you're coming out of that knowing that he has a lot of damage from his childhood you know, and, and then you get into Spectre and then somehow in this very, very convoluted way, you find out in the very brief amount of time that James Bond had with his father before his father died, that they had adopted this German child. And it was, this is his Half brother, step brother, foster brother. I don't know. Well, no, 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 no. Am I? It's, am I? It's, am I misremembering yeah, no, no, no. it? Uh, his parents had died, and in the in the time that before he got picked up by MI6, he was adopted by. <gasps> that's, a right, that's right. That's family. right. That's right. That's right, right. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I. 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 I well, the, <laughs> you can see what an impression Spectre made on me because I just rewatched it like two days it ago, make and any I did, it doesn't sense. make any goddamn yeah. sense. And um, and it's stupid. I, I'm just gonna say it right out, right out, right. I'm saying it. It is stupid. It is a stupid plot line. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um. And then it's just it's like, like your classic. It's your classic thing. I was like, oh, won't people find that intriguing? It's like, oh, they're brothers. They're and brothers. I'm like, that, like no, no, that's you don't need to do that. No, yeah. and then you know, like, and I, and I found myself when I was watching it. I was thinking about the Sean Connery, um, the Sean Connery podcast we did, the Sean Connery Bond cast that we did, where we, you know, uh, where I I, I remember telling you during that podcast that I was I was surprised because I did not remember that Blofeld was the villain in the very first Bond film. And um he doesn't need to be James's adopted foster brother. Like it that doesn't I I don't feel like I gain anything from that information. It doesn't no. make me more invested in their relationship. It actually makes a lot of the last films Featuring, you know, Roger Moore and Sean Connery, where they were dealing with Blofeld, like, very, very complicated. If we're going to go into the whole thing about, like, these these cycles, the Connery cycle, the Moore cycle, the Brosnan cycle are, you know, connected in some, there's some connective tissue through all of the bonds that we have gotten in, in all these years. You know, it just, it just, it... It just makes a lot of those movies make no sense. Um, and 
it's not necessary. And then um, I love Christoph Waltz. I think he's a very good actor. I think he is. He's good. Yeah, but I don't think he's good inspector. No, he's not. I think that, I mean, I feel like Sam Mendes said, uh, yo, just like be really German. And he was like, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I think that I think that his performance in Spectre is good mm-hmm. because he's just doing what he needs to do, and yeah. that he's he's an insanely charismatic actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just none of it really lines up for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like it kind of makes it it, it kind of builds my quantum of solace argument <laughs> where I'm just like <laughs> well at least that villain like has like a character right like he right. he's like a pompous little fucking piece of shit whereas like even though Christoph Waltz is doing his thing in Spectre you're just like. Who the fuck is this guy? Right, right. What the hell is going on? Why would he be doing this stuff? And even though he's telling you outright why he's doing it, he's like, you are my brother, James. And my father just did not love me as much as he loved. You're just like, where I... Right. What does this have to do with anything else that's going on? And right. it, and ultimately, it has nothing. It, it has, has nothing. nothing to do with it. Right. And then it's and then there's like just they're like, trying to do the reverse revenge thing that Quantum of Solace was doing, yeah. where it's like, oh, an outward source was trying to get revenge on him, and I'm like, no, but you guys already kind of did that with Skyfall. Yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't really fit. There's no. It's and it's one of those again. It's it's the thing where it's like Skyfall was so good. Yeah, the thing that comes after it is going to be compared to it. And honestly, when I first saw Spectre, I I was not comparing it. I wasn't comparing it to to uh, Casino Royale or Skyfall or even Quantum of Solace. I was like, this is the next. This chapter, this is the, the next, next chapter. James right, right, Bond right. movie. Let's see what's going on. I mean, and, it's and a- the fact that they wanted to try and like bleed them all together as like this ultimate kind of thing. I'm just like, I don't yeah. Know, I guys. mean, like I got that's like, the I, dumbest thing I've ever heard. I remember getting so angry when they were like, "Oh, Silva is actually a part of this," and I was like, "Well, now you've ruined Skyfall." Um, and uh, you know, and it's a shame because I actually think the opening sequence of Spectre that that like the Dia de los Muertos, uh, you know, uh, celebration that gets you know totally derailed by the uh, the opening mission. I think that is some of the most beautifully shot. Um, it's great shit. Action. It's a really cool opening. It's beautiful. And it was one of those things where it's like, you start a movie like that, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And then it's just like, oh. Um, and, you know, and like, and then there's it's like. It's a flat movie. Yeah. It's a flat feeling movie. And there's like little details that also bug me. Like, there's a scene where, like, M, Rafe finds Mallory. He's like stuck in a not a conference call, but like he's in a, he's in a conference for like three quarters of the movie. He's like, 
He's like not part of the action. He's like stuck in this thing that he has to be a part of because he's the head of MI6 and he's not like really engaged in what's going on. And then like Tanner and Q and Moneypenny try to be helpful. And I remember like one of the one of the things that also like annoyed me just like on a detail characterization level is we learned in Skyfall that Moneypenny before she became M's um, you know, uh, secretary, admin, whatever we want to call her. She was in the field. She wasn't very good at it, but she was in the field. And there's a scene where Tanner and Q and Moneypenny are in a car trying to like get away from the bad guys. And Tanner is the one behind the wheel. And I'm like, Tanner is a paper pusher. Why would you not yeah. put money penny? But she at least knows how to drive a getaway car because she got the field training. So it's like little details like that, that, I, that I, I feel like I'm like, all right, you're not even caring about the continuity of these supporting characters. You're just like doing shit, you know? And then like, there's the scene, you know, like, again, like you said, they, they didn't, they didn't realize that they had to, they didn't need to go whole hog on the like, silly Roger Moore quippy stuff because he was already doing it. Craig was always already doing it in his own way. And there's that scene towards the end where he's being, you know, like tortured by Blofeld. And of course it's Blofeld and Blofeld has the kitty cat. And so like the fucking cat like walks by and he's like, Oh, hello, nice pussy. And it's like, all right, nice pussy. Great. Ha ha ha. And then also like, Ha ha ha, it's Blofeld and he has a white fuzzy cat and couldn't have Blofeld without a white. And it was just like, it just felt so shoehorned in and stupid. Yeah. And then I think, but I will say, out of all of what we have just identified as as things that are just like, eh, meh, eh, about Spectre, is that it asks us to invest a lot in the idea of the relationship that bond starts with madeline white she's supposed to be like his vesper 2.0 she's going to save him from his heartbreak or whatever um and i don't think uh leia sidhu she's a, a brilliant very very good actress um, I don't think she and Daniel Craig have any chemistry at all, especially if you go back and look at Casino Royale and you see Eva Green with Daniel Craig and it's just like the screen just like crackles when the two of them are like, you know, sparring or they're like, you know, they're together and they're, you know, like I, 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 I. I felt no investment in that relationship. I didn't even really buy why it would happen. Um, again, we're also getting into that territory where, you know, Daniel Craig is a man in his 50s and Leia Sidhu is, is I think, younger than us. Uh, not, not to... The feminist soapbox is here somewhere. I don't know. I just moved. It's, I've, I've lost it. But it's there. I'm just going to say. It's just like... 
oh, look, here's a 55-year-old actor playing opposite like a 28-year-old actress and we're supposed to buy that this is a very meaningful relationship. And it's just like, it's just more of that icky bond, you know? Yeah, I will say that I don't buy it in Spectre, but I do buy it in No Time to Die. I agree with you. But I also think... And I think it's all about how you present this relationship. Yeah. And Inspector, it's presented as a given. Yeah, and it's... And but, but like, I it's, just... It's not, it's not a given. I didn't. And in No Time to Die, I think that they, they're given a leg up where it was like, well, it was already established in this one, but I think that they do earn it a little bit in the sense of having to not only rebase what you just saw but also rebuild later on in the movie yeah yeah and i i i think that that's one of the the strongest things about no time to die is it takes the faults of specter but it's like we can't just forget about this yeah we can't undo that this came from yeah can't like they they can't just not like they ended say that lisa does not exist right can't do it right i mean they ended specter with bond and and madeline running away and it's and it's like a it's a callback it's a callback to casino royale it's a callback to james handing in his resignation to mi6 and saying i'm gonna build a life with vesper as a civilian you know, it's very, very clearly supposed to be a callback. Um, but I just, you know, Inspector, I was just like, I don't feel it. I don't get it. I don't really, like, no, why? it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And then they, Before you know. Before No Time to Die, I didn't understand. I was like, wait, you're going to continue that? Yeah. Yeah. And then that's he why. He just rides off with her at the end. Yeah, like, exactly. Just forget and he's, about and it. Just forget not about just that it. He, like, like, he's, he's with somebody else he now. He steals the company car, too. Q is like, oh, Bond, you. I just repaired the DB5 and you just. You know, it's like a really stupid, like, you know, like Looney Tunes ending, like da 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 da. Q is mad. Um, you know, and it's just like, eh, you know, and then I mean, let's let's get into No Time to let's Die. Let's get into No Time to Die yeah, because, because 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 yeah. that's really all we need to say about Spectre. There's that's all we need to say about, to say about Spectre. About Spectre. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's that's nothing it. good to we say have, about. We it. have said all that we need to say about but, Spectre. <laughs> but the things about Spectre that suck. That have to go into No Time to Die. Yeah. Like, that's one of the reasons that I think No Time to Die is such a good movie is that it it doesn't outwardly block all the stuff that happened in Spectre. Yeah. They don't. It would be so easy to make a new movie and be like, yeah, he wrote off with that girl in the last one. Who cares? Right. Now this. I right. like that they kind of reestablish what this relationship is. Right. And they confirm it in a way that makes more sense. Right. Like in the first 15 minutes of No Time to Die, I get the relationship between uh, James Bond and uh, Madeline. Madeline, Madeline White, yeah. like Madeline Swan. Madeline Swan. Madeline yes, Swan, yes. like more than I do in any. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. of Spectre. Well, like, I get that these are two people that are trying to run away from something. Right. Right, and, right, right. And, and, and was... build something else on top of it, even though the foundation for doing so does not exist. Right, right. And I remember reading, um, you know, in my anticipation um, for No Time to Die, um, I was reading an interview with Leia Sadu where she was saying that, you know, this is, is going to be a really great movie because it's going to force... James 
to confront some of his trauma over what happened with Vesper. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, they're trying to bring this full circle. That's interesting. And, um, but at the same time, I was like, but they're going to do that with your character, Leia? Really? With Madeline Swan? Uh, sure. Um, but they made it work. I agree with you. They made it work. They made it work. I was dubious. I went in there, but they made it work because they made it, you know, like that, that opening scene with, uh, with little Madeline (laughs) and her like, you know, drunk fucked up mother and, you know, father's out doing bad, bad, bad things because he's Mr. White. Um, and you know, and then (laughs) Robbie Malik, Robbie Malik, uh, who I adore, uh, as the uh the the creepy masked man um you know they 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 in in that little vignette of her childhood they give you enough that you're just kind of like all right so this girl is really damaged too and then you understand how she and james work in a relationship i mean it's 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 trauma bonding which is not very healthy they're they are both damaged people yeah who refuse to let the damages in their lives define who they are right as people right but those damages actually do define how they connect with people right right i think that that's one of the most beautiful things about no time to die yeah and is that yeah. how the damages that have happened to us and the scars that we carry right allow us to connect to certain types of people right like Safin uh, Rami Malik's character mm-hmm. is just so fucking drawn to Bond yeah because of how fucked up he is yeah. because of how fucked up his life is yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. he's so drawn to madeline because of how fucked up her life is right and because how much he fucked up her life right right and there's some beautiful parallels that they do so first of all you know like again in the first 20 minutes of the film you see that uh, uh, James has has basically resigned again now he's officially retired he's in a relationship with madeline they're gonna and it looks like they're going to do what he intended to do with Vesper. They're going to travel the world. They're going to be together. They're going to do all it's that fun It's looking shit. like a happy ever like, after, man. Exactly. Exactly. Good. And then also, you know, she but, encourages him but, to do I know. But, like, she encourages him to do the healthy thing. She says, you got to go visit Vesper's grave. You got to uh, put uh, that uh, shit uh, by. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's where I guess all fucked. And then you see how much James is still still damaged by what Vesper did because the totally. minute the minute he gets this hint that Madeline might have sent him to Vesper's grave to die he's like oh fuck this bitch and yeah. he comes back and she's like no 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 what's going on but what's going on and she even before that though you get you get the hint of how much he's actually grown where he's where it's like his his note is forgive me yes yeah it's not not I forgive you. Yeah, it's like for yeah, forgive, forgive me, me, forgive me. I fucked up. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, that's an amazing culmination. Yeah, yeah. from Casino Royale to here. Right, right. But then it's immediately hit with. It's immediately hit with. He's like, oh, fucking bitch betrayed me again because that's what bitches yeah. do. Bitches fucking betray me. So then he puts her on the train. And he's like, fuck off. You're never gonna see me again. And and then you know, like five years Which, ago, yeah. 
when you have a movie that has 25 minutes before the opening credits. Yes. <laughs> Mamma mia. Mm-hmm. A spicy meets a bomb. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like I when I, I, I watched this movie two days before its premiere uh, to test it at the theater. Oh, you're lucky, man. Oh, I'm a lucky guy. I'm a lucky oh, guy. I'm, I'm so jealous. Um, yeah. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, as soon as like those Dr. No polka dots started coming oh, around. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yes. We've been watching this movie for 20 minutes and we're about to get an opening credits scene. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then also like, you know, again, callbacks to, you know, you see. So James is very damaged and his baggage with Vesper leads him to put Madeline on the train and say, fuck you, bitch, basically. Not in those words. Um, And then, you know, there's this... I wanted to ask you what you thought of the plot development that uh, James knocked her up before... She got on that train and she didn't, she didn't know. And then there's a baby and then there's a baby who grows up to be like a toddler. And she, you know, when she and Bond uh, reunite again and she keeps saying, no, she's not yours. She's not yours. And Bond, and, and yeah. James is like, but her eyes. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I just wanted to know what you thought of the development of that. Like I have mixed feelings about it, but I, think I understand what they were trying to do with giving Madeline sure. a child that was uh, fathered by James because it's again it's again it's a mirror of her, her childhood she's got she's a single mm. mom I mean she's not as fucked up as her mother but she's a single mom of a little girl whose father is sometimes a bad man a murderer yeah yeah and, you know, and, and I thought that that was actually, I thought it was a little clunky as a plot mm-hmm. development, but I also understand what they were trying to do with that. And I think the idea of what they were trying to do with that is actually very uh, beautiful, you know, in, yeah. in, 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 I, in doing that parallel, because it made me care about Madeline a lot more. Yeah. I will say that I find the uh, daughter angle insanely beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that we're probably in complete agreement because I was very confused by it when I was watching it at first. And when you get the payoff, it all kind of ties together. Yeah. And it can feel a little manipulative in the way that... Um, uh, in the way that being sensitive does. Um, yeah. That she, she, she does not want to admit that she, that her daughter is Jane's bonds. Daughter. Yeah. Daughter until he's worthy of it. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't do that in the sense of like, she, she's not actively doing that in the sense of a story structure in a story structure that's happening. Mm-hmm. We know that that is James Bond's daughter from the second that we see. Her. Oh yeah. She's got his eyes. We know what's going on. They make the jokes and she's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. And it and all like- lands with her saying, she does have your eyes. And yeah. he says, I know. 
Yeah. And when he says, I know, we all go. We all go. Ah, we yeah. knew to. Yeah. We knew to. I mean, and there's some and also it's, like. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment, but he's, he's not, he's not allowed to have that until the stuff that he does at the end. Yeah. He can't just show up and be like, that's your daughter. Yeah. And be that like. That wouldn't feel good to me no, as the audience. And no. that wouldn't feel good to him. It would do nothing. It would do nothing. It it would rob the moment yeah. of and there's she has like, your eyes, which is like yeah. one of the biggest moments of the movie. And there's also like, there's one scene. So I, I so again, uh, uh, Christoph Waltz comes back as Blofeld, who has just lost his fucking mind. And is in a loony bin of sorts. Uh, He's in straight up Hannibal Lecter mode. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, and they make Bond go talk to him. And that that goes about as well as you could imagine. Um, but there's this line when he is, he has his uh, session with Madeline. Because I guess, for whatever reason, Madeline's the only psychiatrist that Blofeld can connect with. Which I thought oh, was we'll a Oh, we'll talk little, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Bomb will come yeah. if he does that. Yeah, and um, there's that line that he says something about, like, you know, you're the kind of woman who would bear the child of a man who hated you. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, like, I could just... It's partly the way he delivers it, and it's also just, like, that. that is the truth of her life in that moment. Yes. Bond hated her. And she realized at some point after she got off that train that she was pregnant and she, she's a woman of means. She's a doctor. She knows other doctors. She could have, uh, she could have, uh, she could have handled that. But a perfect point in that statement is you bore the child of a man that hated you. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you didn't love him. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's a very big point in this where I, in, in Spectre, I was like, I don't get the love between Madeline and James. I didn't, I, I didn't either. I didn't either. But in No Time to Die, like in the short time that they build it all up, I'm like, I truly do believe that Madeline Swam is absolutely in love with James, but also understands that James is unattainable yeah. because of a situation that she found herself in that was not her fault. And that's again... And, and, and she holds it against him a little bit, a little but bit. understands that it's not completely his fault. And, and I think that that is like the ultimate thing of the Craig cycle. Yes. And it's, is and that it's, this is a man that cannot, he cannot control himself. Right. And it's, I mean, like, it's also just, again, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a callback to her own childhood. And it also, you know, the, the love that, the love that develops between James and Madeline in that first 25 minutes before it all goes to shit, where I, where I bought it. Um, I wouldn't have bought it if they hadn't given us that little prequel of little Madeline and her mother and uh, the creepy masked man. And I was all of a sudden, I was just like, and I guess the point I'm trying to make is that like, I believe their love, but, but that relationship, even if it hadn't gone to shit the way it did so early on, it it was not a healthy relationship. Those are two people who are very traumatized 
they fell in love, but is that, that's trauma bonding. Like that's a, that's, yeah. that's bad. That's, that's There's loads that's of relationships that are not good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. That's bad. And it, and it probably, it probably wouldn't have been the healthiest relationship had they continued, had Bond not, you know, felt, you know, had Bond not been led to believe that she betrayed him and then he was like, bitches be betraying, um, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you, you, again, like him and Vesper, it's like this doomed love, this absolutely doomed love that exists between the two of them. Um, and the way it resolves itself in No Time to Die is like the, all right, well, this is his redemption for not being able to get Vesper out of that cage in the bottom of the body of yeah. water. No, absolutely. You know, this is his, this is his moment to say, all right, I fucked up then. And I'm, you Dude, know, when he, when he is giving, uh, the daughter, uh, like fruit and stuff like that. Yeah. It's adorable. It's, fu it's fucking great. It's adorable. It's fucking adorable. And it, it becomes even more intense because you know that he knows. Yeah. Like after having seen it, you know that yeah. he knows. Yeah. That that's what's going on. Yeah. And because you should know, but because she gives that line where it's like, she's not yours. Mm -hmm. In your first viewing, like you're meant to be like, oh, this is someone else, but he's... He's like, no, 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 this is, this is from her, even if it's not from me. And so he's going to try to, I can love this. I can love this. I can, yes. I can bond with her. I can, I can but connect with her. At the end and knowing that, like, that's actually what it is. And you yeah. know that he also knows that he knew the whole time. As I think that we as an audience, you also kind of know. As you're oh, watching, yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's his kid. That's his kid. It's. It's an interesting thing that's never been put into play right. in a Bond movie. In a Bond movie. And the other the, And Craig is the perfect one to do. He's the perfect it. one to do it because they because because starting with Casino Royale, they set us up to be introduced to this iteration of James Bond whose life is marked by this great heartbreak. And no. and then he continues along in his career. And he's always contending with that heartbreak, no matter what. Even in Skyfall, when they don't even bring it up, it's there. You know, the damage is there. Um, I just thought it was so, it was very, very well done. I do have some criticisms of No Time to Die. Um, Please do. I, I love Rami Malek. Um, I think he does creepy very well. <laughs> and uh, he was creepy. Um I thought the the device, the bad, the weapon, the weapon that the baddie had, the like, I don't, how do you explain, how do I, I was trying to explain it to somebody, like, what is the weapon in this it's movie? It's like a DNA. It's a DNA thingy. That's horrible. Yep. That's horrible. But I, 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 I didn't fully understand what it was. It didn't, I kind of really like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it worked. It, it, I think it, it's really bondy. It's, it's the least 
Daniel Craig Bondy thing, yes. but it's like the most it's James, very James Bond. Yes, thing. yes, yes. Um, but also, like it, it. it oh, I, I think that the biggest issue is that it's, it's the most Bond thing without being the most Craig Bond thing, mm-hmm. while trying to make it make sense yeah. in the most Craig Bond way, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 and I totally get what you're saying. And I think they overdo it in that way. They overdo it in that way, yeah. Like, no, just say that it's a it's a thing that attacks DNA and that's how it no, works. That's how and it works, like, yeah. Well, no, we have to make this realistic because it's, it's Craig Bond. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I think they go a little overboard with it, but yeah. I will say that, like, I got it and I understood it throughout the whole thing and I was like okay that makes sense mm-hmm. but I've heard people talk about it and they're just like it makes no goddamn sense and it gets to a point when enough people tell you that it doesn't make sense you're like well fuck <laughs> I guess it actually didn't make <laughs> it sense didn't, it didn't it didn't make a whole lot of sense I understood it as it was happening that yeah. doesn't mean it made sense I understood it as it was happening and then I tried to explain it to somebody and I was like I don't understand what was happening at all exactly <laughs> yeah, right like that but that's the thing that like it's a, it's a good movie yeah. because it yeah. it dulls out that information mm-hmm. like every 10 or 15 minutes it's yeah. like gives you yeah it, it introduces you to like what that shit is and right. so when you try to explain that to somebody they're like what yeah yeah and you're like oh I, i'm not a master of <laughs> storytelling <laughs> right i um i also uh th- th- there were also just little little nods to um just like what i would call bondiness you know by which I mean, like the 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 humor and the style that that has carried over from the Sean Connery days to to the Daniel Craig days. Um, I love. So we meet the new 007 because James has retired, and they've given the 007 uh, identifier to a new agent, and she's a fucking badass. Um, I quite liked her. Um, and I also like that they let her have like the punchline in that moment. So like Bond goes to deal with creepy Rami Malek and, uh, uh, I do not remember what the character's name is, but new 007, um, sexy black lady. Uh, that's terrible. (laughs) That's terrible. I don't mean to like essentialize her that way but you know that's a very intentional choice the filmmakers made obviously by saying the new 007 is a is a a sexy badass black black lady like i don't think that the character is actually given a full-on name no no she's just the new 007 and it gets very Mm -hmm. confusing when bond comes back to mi6 and everyone's uh it's uh lashana lynch is the actress she's great I liked her. She's great. I really liked her. And I liked the moment where, you know, he goes off to deal with creepy Rami Malek and she's there kind of just like dealing with the henchmen or whatever. And they give her the punchline. They give her the James Bond punchline where she's like, you know what? I think it's time for you to die. And I was like, I like that they put that in her mouth. (laughs) I like that they put it in her mouth. I thought that's cool. You know, um, I, I, you know, I, 
I, I thought that was a, I thought that was clever that they didn't, you know, they didn't give the, the, the corny punchline to, to James that they, that they, that they gave it, yeah. that they gave it to the new 007. They, they let her have, they, they, they give let her, her have that. They give her her own 007 shit. Exactly. To do. And she gets, and she, and she, and she gets to have the wit, you know, the 007 yeah. wit, you know, um, I, I, I thought that was, I, I, I quite liked that. Um, Jeffrey Wright, Felix Leiter. I was mm. fucking heartbroken. I mean, like, obviously the end of No Time to Die is heartbreaking because, spoiler alert, people, we warned you, James Bond basically sacrifices himself to save everybody else, and James Bond is no more. Um, mm. uh, but before that, we, we, we watch Felix die. And and we haven't seen Felix since Quantum, right? Yeah, he's not Inspector. I don't think that he is. No, like I, no. So we. It haven't... feels weird to me yeah. to like be like, oh, right, yeah, he's 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 only in the first two. Yeah, um, but I just rewatched them. I don't remember him in those. He's not. I know he's not in Skyfall, and I do not believe he's Inspector. And then he, you know, he shows up, and and it's a little moment of it's a little moment of James Bond going rogue. Although it's not like he had an employer to answer to per se. He was just he's just gonna go and help Felix with his little, you know, rogue CIA mission. And then and then Felix dies, and I was just like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. No, we love it's, Felix. We love his brother from Langley. We love him, and we always no time love to die. Him. Like just does all the shit that you expect a movie to do to like pull at your heartstrings, yeah. but it does it in ways that you're just like, you know, actually this is kind of working. Yeah, like, this is kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's working really well, and then you remember, oh fuck, but this is a James Bond movie. And this is just the end of a cycle and there's going to be a new actor. And now what the fuck are they going to do? You know, that well, was on that. Mm-hmm. Let's get to, I mean, do you have any closing thoughts on no time to die? Closing because thoughts honestly, on no time to die, I, my closing thoughts on no time to die are good movie. Fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest issues I've heard is that Rami Malek is underutilized. I agree. I would agree. I, I would agree. I would say that I agree, but also I think that that's what the movie tried to do. I think that that's right, why because, they held him back for so long. Right. And just had him be this guy that just showed up and it was just like, I ooze villain. Right. Mm. Right. And that's it. And he yeah. also, it's like, he was there because he's a villain and Bond films need a villain because that's how Bond films work. But this is a Bond film that wasn't really about Bond and a villain. This was a Bond film about closure. Yeah. And so... The villain in this movie is not he's a, some guy. He's, it's he's Bond a, coming to yeah, terms with himself. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's... Rami Malek is a little bit of a device... Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't, and I don't mean to disparage him. I think, I think Rami Malek does a very good job with a, a very kind of, to be honest, thinly written character he does, because he's, I just, think he does great with what he's given. Yeah. And I think that what he was given and what he did was very intentional. Yes. It's Kerry Fukunaga. The guy is a fucking yeah. beast yeah. of intentionality. Yeah. Like yeah. you watch this movie 
everything that works about this movie, Spectre, God forgiven, like it's it's right there and he's trying to make it work. He's trying to make it work. It works yeah. so good. So like when you start to look at like, well, what doesn't work about the villain? You're like, wait, the things that don't work about the villain actually kind of line up with what he's trying to do with the hero. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right, it's, right. it's, he's, he's doing shit in here where you're like, I, when I first watched the movie, I was like, well, where is fucking Rami Malik? I thought I was going to get a bunch of Mr. Robot action in here. Little Freddie, Mer- little Freddie Mercury, little, uh, yeah, I thought I was going to get all this good shit. <laughs> right, right, and right. It's like, no, it's, you don't get all of that because mm-hmm. this guy is like, I have been hiding behind the scenes my entire life. You think I'm just going to fucking show up all the fucking time? He just shows up real quick and he's like, you're going to do something that I want you to do. And then he shows up to Bond and he was like, you know, you thought that this was what you were doing. But actually, this is what I want you to do. Like, it's good. It's good shit. It's good, it's shit. good shit. It is good shit. I like it. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I think in terms of closing out Daniel Craig's James Bond, No Time to Die, does a very, very good job. It um, it doesn't redeem Spectre, but it at least allows the storylines that were yeah. introduced in Spectre to be resolved in a way that was satisfying. Um, yeah. it, it redeems it for me. Not like, not I, enough that I'm gonna go watch bit. it again. Like yeah, no, 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 yeah, right. Like I, I'm not gonna say it redeems it all the way, but I will say that when I go to watch No Time to Die, I might rewatch Spectre beforehand just for in some, the same way for some context. That I would go to Quantum. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you have to have this shit beforehand to be able to do it. Right. In the way that you have to watch the really good shit to watch maybe the bad shit, mm-hmm. Casino Royale to Quantum, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to watch the really bad shit to get the really good shit, which is Spectre, Spectre to, to No, Time, no to Time, Time to Die. Yeah. And Skyfall is just sitting right there in the middle as everybody's favorite, it is, it's favorite Skyfall, middle child. Skyfall is the standalone perfection. In the middle of yeah. these two of these two sort of serialized plot points, um, but it's but but again, it stands alone. But it's not out of context. It's we. It's yeah. still it's still poor, damaged, traumatized James Bond trying to make his way in the world. Um, so yeah, I would say let's that let's round it out. Let's baby. round it out. No what's time. Uh, what's uh? What? Who do you think? Like every everybody asks. Who's, Who's gonna play the next Bond? We we I feel like my whole answer is boring. It's gonna be nobody that we know. I know, it's, I know. I feel like we've yeah, we've talked about it. we've talked yeah. about this because everybody's uh, everybody's been talking about Idris for so long. But he's uh, I uh, you know he's 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 black. <laughs> but they had a black 007, a black lady he's too 007. Old. He's too he's old. He's too old. He's too old. He's too old. And I think too old. He's too well known. And I think he and I think he knows that. I think he likes to yeah. I think he likes to play it up. I've seen him on Twitter making some cheeky James Bond jokes. Yeah, but I he think knows. he knows he's not gonna it get just it. Idris Elba would make an amazing Bond villain. At this point, yes, he would. Fuck. He yeah. would. He would. I would love that. Um you know, I don't know who the next James Bond is going to be. I don't know. I mean, they said James Bond will return. 
which uh, which <laughs> thank God they did because I got scared. Um, they have to they have to like not do the reboot thing. They just have to kind of go full on and let Ben Wishaw be Q. Yeah. Uh, let Ray Fiennes be, be M. M. Let you know um, let Naomi, all of let that stuff Naomi, happen. Naomi Harris keep her as Money let Penny. Naomi Harris be Money Penny. And just have a bond. Have a bond, And yep. that's good. Yeah. And just have them be going into, like, don't try and make it like, oh, it's Bond's first mission and stuff like that. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go just... on in, which means you want to hire somebody a little bit older, mm-hmm. which is in the same sense of, like, how they hired Craig. Like, I yeah. feel like everybody's like, what about a Michael B. Jordan or? Uh, like they want to try and get I'll, young. I'm I like, know. No, 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 no. I'll be perfectly. You want somebody that's in their late thirties, early forties, and also yeah. I, 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 I really very, very strongly feel this. Um, you cannot cast an American. I do no, not. You cannot not cast an American. No, you cannot. You cannot cast an American. And I'm. I've said this before. It's a man. James Bond is a dude. Yeah. He's a dude. As much as I want, like, it's like that stupid fucking thing where it's like, look, if you want to make a female lead in a James Bond type movie, don't make it a James Bond type movie. Make it its own original thing, but give it the fucking backing production wise and marketing wise. Yes. Don't I just do you. Atomic Blonde and just like, meh, and just like give it like $5 million marketing. Like give it the full on global scope. Right. And it'll become a fucking thing. Like yeah. Make it its own thing. Yeah. There, there is just so much about James Bond that is unfortunately misogynistically just baked in. It's baked in. It's a it's, faulted person. It's canon. It's canon. And I, I you know, like there are, you know, I don't like being, I don't like being one of those nerds who's like, who's canon? Because, you know, like you, you get Lord of the Rings nut, nut jobs who do shit like that and they're, they're tiresome. Uh, you yeah. heard it from me right there. I find Lord of the Rings fans tiresome. Uh, I'm saying it and I mean, they, uh, are, they yeah. are. And uh, I fully expect to get tomatoes thrown at me the next time I'm seen in public for saying that, but it's true. Um, it has to be a guy. It has to be a Brit. And it has to be somebody, I agree with you, it has to be somebody who is not well known. Is not well known. You you want to know They're never they're never well known. Like you, you, if it had to be somebody that was maybe slightly well known that I could get away with, Dev Patel. Dev Patel would be like, great. Like I think that Dev Patel could oh, get away with it. He would be great. You know? He would be and that would be super cool. Because he's like that would he's be super the cool. slum dog guy, but that was like ten fucking years yeah, ago. Yeah, and know? he's and you he, like you, did you see Lion? The one that Yeah. Yeah, he dude, was, he's fucking great. He's, he's great. And also like we know from Lion that he can go and fucking work out a ton and be buff. You know, he's yeah. not just like skinny slim dog guy. He would be great. He's 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 the one that I go to. Like when people start saying Tom Hardy and stuff no, like that, I'm like, that. you fuck do that. understand that. No, no, no. that these no, are no, well-known no, guys. No, no, like, no, no, no. Tom when Hardy. When you look at James Bond, you need to see James Bond. Yeah, you, you I agree. Cannot you cannot see, see Tom, Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah. And it's hard to communicate to people that it's like, you do understand that when Daniel Craig first showed up as James Bond. Nobody knew who the fuck he was. You didn't know who the fuck Daniel Craig was. Yeah. 
You didn't know. Yeah. That's the whole fucking thing. They were in like three or four movies before that that some people knew. Yeah. Like Daniel Craig was in Layer Cake. He was in Munich. He was in Munich. He was in Road to Perdition. Like people knew who he was on a light scale. Yeah. But the overall group didn't know who he was. So I say Dev Patel, which is kind of a cheat because it's like. If I asked anybody at like the movie theater, be like, "Who's Dev Patel?" Most people wouldn't be able to tell me that he was the kid from Slumdog Millionaire, or that he was just in The Green Knight, or that he was in Lion. Yeah. But he's a little bit too much of a push. He's a little too popular. You want to know who I think would be good? And I have heard rumors that he is being considered, um, and mm-hmm. that is Jamie Bell. Um, Jamie Bell, perhaps best. Isn't he a little too old? Is no, Jamie he's Bell? probably just he's right. He's just right at this point. So he's, I mean, because Jamie, Jamie Bell, I mean, like, because Jamie Bell, best known for being Billy Elliot, right? So we all, mm-hmm. everybody remembers him as like the little boy who can dance. And I'm going to Google how old, and like, and he's done films since then. He's grown up. He's done films. I've seen some of them. He's a good actor, but he's, he flies a little bit under the radar because he's never really been in anything. Like he was the voice of Tintin he's, when they did right, the animated right. Tintin, but he's never well, really. He was the mocap for Tintin, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he fucking, he did all of it. Um, but uh, he's, he's my age. He's my age. He's 35 years old. That's perfect. I think that's perfect. I think that is yeah. perfect. That is, I mean, like, I'm I'm 36. I'm saying this right now. I'm biased, but not really, because your point is right. We need a Bond, maybe a little older, maybe a little older. I don't know. Not by much, though. Not by much. This Not is... by much, but it's like, I, but I think that you're going to want to try and find somebody that's at least in their early to mid 40s to like really give yeah but because you know how like because youth uh what's what's the term like youth uh exaggerates on the screen it does so someone who's 35 comes across as 25 yeah you put jamie bell up there everyone's gonna be like oh it's a young james bond right i think that they're gonna really want to go for somebody who's already a little bit older but i will say that jamie bell is and I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this little picture of him smiling. He's great. And he's got the look. He's he's great. He's got he's the look. Great. I think he could be good. And I think it would be. Um, I think it'll be good in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just I, 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 I mean, I like Jamie Bell. I think he's so brilliant in Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot's one of my favorite movies of all time. And there's there's just a part of me that would be so happy to see him finally be able to get out of the shadow of billy elliot by being like fuck you i'm the new 007 um not that he- Do you know he was married to evan rachel wood and kate mara i did not know about kate mara but i did know about evan rachel wood i, I remember when he's they married were- to kate mara currently currently I, I remember when he was with evan rachel wood and i was like well that's a weird couple okay good for him yeah i mean he's he's great he was in a movie called uh, I don't know if you saw this. Film stars don't die in Liverpool. Oh, 
Film stars don't lie. With with I Annette Benning. Love that movie. Beautiful movie. I fucking loved it. Beautiful, beautiful movie. It. I really loved it too. It was really but good. But it's just like he's in that movie and he's like fucking thirty two years old and he reads his twenty two. I know, but I but but how? That's I, the thing, but is man. That, is that just because he has a baby face, or is that just because we're like he's got a little fucking stupid baby or is face? It, or is it or 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 see? But this is what I don't. Or or are we watching it? And we're like, oh, it's Jamie Bell and he was Billy Elliot, and then we're like projecting no, all that. Like he's got a stupid. Little little fucking 22 year old face <laughs> he can't be james bond not yet not yet in his like late 30s or yeah well he need you we need to get him on like a pack a day smoking habit or something age him up a little bit i don't know yeah i don't know he's the, make him smoke cigarettes because that's great that's great uh, as i well I don't know. I mean, I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Um, and I, you know, it, I would, if it's Jamie Bell, I'll be happy. But I, um, if it's somebody I've never heard of before, if it's some obscure British stage That's actor. That's what it's going to be, man. Some obscure British stage it's actor. It's going to be someone you've never heard of before, or it's going to be somebody you're like, oh, fuck, I saw that guy in that. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be like, it's going to be. It's going to be like some guy who is an ancillary character in Downton Abbey. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be something like that. It's going to be, and it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be, good. it'll be great. And we'll have more to talk about. Um, well, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I, think uh, we, I Rhea, think we held it together this time. I think we, I think a little we did. Bit, yeah. I think we went a little over on the time, we did, but we'll but be that's, okay. That's how we'll we, be all right. That's, we'll be all right. That's how, we'll be all right. that's how we roll. Yeah. That's how we roll. We try. Everybody listening to it was like, well, I got a whole episode that was this long. Whereas I'm like, oh shit, I got to go deal with my normal life real quick. Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Also, five star on Apple. Fucking does so much for us. Mm -hmm. We would really appreciate it. And uh, head on over to storyscreenbeacon.com for a bunch of reviews and awesome stuff ria's got loads of reviews over on story screen i'm actually uh, i'm actually working on uh writing a review of the peter jackson mega cut get back uh the mega cut yeah, of the let yeah. it be film so uh keep your eyes peeled for that been working with bernadette on that so uh and on that I'm not gonna steal any momentum from that ria let uh, let everybody know what else where else they can find you um, very, very soon you'll be able to find me on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and Amazon Music because January 27th, 2022, my debut record of original music will be coming out. It's called The Way Up and, uh, we'll be doing some shows up here in my neck of the woods in the Capital District. We will be doing some shows down in Beacon. We will be doing some shows down in the city and, uh... I hope you like it, man. I've been doing covers for so long. We'll see. We'll see if people like what I have to say that hasn't already been written by Mick Jagger. Let me know when the vinyl is uh, dropping. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. There'll be a special. I know it's expensive for them struggling artists. But, it'll be. Uh, it'll be a special pressing just for you. The second that you drop a vinyl, <laughs> I'm buying five of them. Oh, we're doing it. We're. I'm. I'm. I'm putting in the order right now. Um. <laughs> And other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we will be back. Uh, I think that me and Rhea are really excited to talk about uh, 
especially Timothy Dalton yes, Bond. Yes. So we'll be getting back in here with some Bond action pretty soon to be able to get that. And we're going to clear in the holes in the rest of the Bond uh, franchise that we haven't been able to pick. But at least this episode kind of really hit all the Craigs. And uh, you can be sure that the next time some Bond news hits... That's probably when we're going to pop up with some Timothy Dalton stuff and uh, And start fucking around. And some discussion. And uh, and, uh, final word, thank you, Daniel Craig. I think you did a wonderful job. Oh, dude. Did a great job. Did a great job. Wonderful job. Yep. Smoky little boy with his ice cream eyes. (laughs) Gonna miss that guy. Gonna miss him. All right. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. All right. Bye. Good night. Good night.